Hello, everybody. This is RPG Cast 567 for December 20th, 2020. I am your host, Anna Marie Privetier, and it is kind of my fault that we are recording this a day late. Just sort of. So, um, the day, uh, so I, I think a lot of people know this, but I have lupus, and it gives me a lot of other associated health problems, and one of them is chronic migraines. And so, the day after Thanksgiving, I started coming down with a migraine. And it kind of didn't stop. And I was treating it at home with my medications. And normally after like five or six days, I'm like, screw it. And I go to the clinic and I get a shot of heavy duty medication. But I am terrified to go anywhere right now because COVID is going crazy in my community. And so three weeks later, I was getting breakfast ready for before the podcast yesterday. And I started crying and screaming because the bacon was stuck to the pan. (laughs) Chris said, okay, we're going to the clinic. I said, Anna, is it time to go to the clinic? She's like, no, we have the podcast. And she's crying while she takes a piece of bacon off the pan. I'm like, I don't know what's going on now, but we are in a situation where you need to stop putting your needs behind the podcast. We're done. We're going. So we can't. So it was the the bacon that broke the Anna's back. Yep. It was the bacon that broke the Anna's back. (laughs) I think we have our title for the week. <laughs> I don't. I just... <laughs> so, and, and here's, here's where things got weirder because we go to the clinic and I, we park in the parking lot and I check in and they're like, all right, come in immediately. You're going to be seen next. And so I walk in the front door and they ask me the 8 million COVID questions and then they take my temperature and they're like, what are you here for? I'm like, I have a migraine. And so the nurse is like, all right, you're going right around the corner. And the security guard goes, nope. And we both look at her. And she's like, headaches have to go through the COVID entrance. And I'm like, I have none of the other COVID symptoms. The nurse standing beside me just told me to go through. The guy who checked me in told me to come through the front door. Why are you making this hard on me? Nope. Headaches have to go around to the back of the COVID entrance. You explain to the security guard that you can't be near the COVID entrance because you have lupus? Yes. And did she care? Nope. So she kicked me out of the building. So Chris comes and picks me up and drives me around back to the COVID entrance. And I call the COVID entrance. And they're like, we will come and get you right away. And so I sit on the bench in front of the COVID entrance for 10 minutes. And then I go back to the car. And I'm crying again because all of the traffic noise is making my head... shatter into a million pieces so we get on the phone and are are like hey we were supposed to come in the front door the security guard kicked us out now we're at the covid door what is going on and they're like all right we need to check you in it's like no you don't need to check me in i'm checked into urgent care (laughs) just come and get me so i can get my stupid headache treated so yeah we ended up sitting in the covid parking lot for 30 minutes until they let us in and then the doctor who saw me after all of that baloney was like, I don't know why they made you go through the COVID entrance because you don't have any COVID symptoms. It's good that it's you're probably talking about a, it now, at least. Yeah. Because this sounds, I mean, I can only imagine how hellish that would have been yeah. with a migraine on top of it. Yeah, dealing I have, with hospitals and that kind of 
stuff these days is just no fun. I've been through I, that. It is no fun. I feel for you, Anna. Well, the I've nurse... taken to my mom to immediate care on the weekends and just dealing with the assholes in line and at the front desk at immediate care, and it, it is a nightmare. <clears throat> so I think I'm, I, I'm staying out of this one because you guys don't want you don't you don't want, you, we I, don't want I your story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you you deal with awful people like me. <laughs> no, no, no. I deal with the awful people after they've had the swab and want me to give them the results, which legally I cannot do. <laughs> <laughs> so. I finally got my headache treated, and I was feeling way better. And I was like, all right, let's go to Starbucks and get a green tea latte. Because that always makes me happy. And we drove by the mall. I, I, I don't know if you know this, but people are acting like there's not a global worldwide pandemic going on. So the parking was lot the was ago. completely full. And it had people that were cruising around looking for parking spaces. Why were you at the mall? Don't go to the mall. Stay home, so, Pascal. Stay home. I'm back home safe, but yeah, it was like that here. You shouldn't too. be going out. Think of the old people who are going out that shouldn't be. Keep them safe against themselves. <laughs> the only place I go to is the store for groceries. We don't even do yeah. that. The only place I go is the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem I found with doing like online pickup, um, with with besides the messing up all the time, actually, that hasn't been too. Oh. Normally, that's not too bad. The problem is comes to fresh items like uh. lettuce and stuff. They don't always check how good the item <laughs> is. We've yeah. had exactly why I don't yep. do online pickup for groceries because I'm very particular about like what meats I get. You, you're particular stuff. about your my, produce. Yeah. Well, like ch- chicken, if the chicken is like yellow in the package, it's not going to be good. So we've That's actually a- been pretty good for meat. Um, our dilemma is, is we eat um, esoteric vegetables and nobody knows what they're called. Yeah, and What's so What's a bok choy? So people don't know the difference between bok choy and baby bok choy. Spoilers. So we ask for baby bok There's choy. There's a lot of difference. And they give us a big bok choy and we're like these taste yeah. very different. Yeah. <laughs> these are way more bitter. Yeah. And so no one knows where the mushrooms are. Nobody knows where the mushrooms in, are. In in who shops in in the high V we go to. So at the start of the order, there is a big note that says, here is how you find all the produce. <laughs> Anna has to give the, a strategy guide to the online shoppers. So I just, time. I just, at this point I have a note on my computer and on my phone that I just copy and paste. It's, right, it's like, right. here's how to pick a fresh leak. Have you tried linking out to NeoSeeker for this? <laughs> <laughs> how to combat high V's vegetable department. <laughs> How to speed run the produce department. Speed run run the produce department. That's a good one. So, yeah. I mean, I get it. Like, we order weird stuff. Yeah, like a bok choy. (laughs) Bok choy. What is that? I don't know what that is. What's what's funny is... Also, you asked for bok choy, so you're not getting any distilled water or ice. (laughs) Why do those go together? (laughs) There was one order that we ordered. Sorry, Tam, give me one second. And we got like 
seven of the ten things we asked for, and the things we didn't get was like no blood orange soda of any kind, and I had multiple types in the in the basket, and no ice. And you're never going to tell me the frigging grocery store is out of ice. Actually, actually I've seen. I saw this happen the other week. The ice machine was broken. So they don't use ice machines. These are bags. Well, and, like, we have been to that high V like, the day before Thanksgiving, and they have not been out of ice. <clears throat> the ice freezer they have is massive. They've so, been out of the small ones before. Yeah, but they're not out of the big ones, and we put it as Whatever. a replacement. Whatever. So we so, did another order that was all the things they didn't bring us the first time, and they brought us all the things. <laughs> so what a surprise. Like, how did you not do this the first time? <laughs> So when we gave the next person no choice, but like you either get us those things or there's no order for you to deliver. So they they figured it out. Yeah, <laughs> know. know they know who you are now. Yeah, I know. Or, or here's another order with baby bok choy. Yeah. Oh, it's the bok choys. <laughs> <laughs> the people that give us all the instructions. Oh lord. <laughs> they sent you the leather bound manual. <laughs> My and they sent me a cloth, cloth map, map. <laughs> of all the aisles and and the best order to. I got a steel book. <laughs> I think they're just sending me their old video game. Crap. <laughs> so here's here's sort of an interesting thing: is I live in Albuquerque, New Mexico, or near Albuquerque, New Mexico. Albuquerque. I live in one of the sort of offshoot cities. Anyways, yeah. we have like the most esoteric grocery departments ever because we have a very high Asian population and we have a very high Hispanic population. So it's like this is some so of you've the got stuff the you're Cayenne having trouble finding. I can find in Walmart. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Because of the I fact wish. we have such a diverse population here in New Mexico. Hey, our Walmart has slowly started to accumulate an Asian section. Like, I can actually get Nori at Walmart now when I didn't used to be able to. But I also get irrationally angry when grocery stores, particularly the Walmart, just completely change their layout. And it just kind of throws off your grocery store groove. Oh, I hate that. I absolutely hate that. It's my market mojo. I messed with my market mojo. It's like you finished the main game and now the master quest has started, but everything yeah. is in a new place. A whole new, map. So yes. a, whole new a whole new cloth map to do your shopping. Yes, that's exactly what it feels like. Like we was trying to find trail mix last week and checked every single aisle and could not find it. And then it turned out it was the juice aisle that we find, finally found it on. And it's like, why did you put trail mix in the same aisle as juice? That makes no sense. I don't it know if you know this. Potato chips. I, and I know the shoppers don't know this. But there are people who work at the stores that can tell you where things are when you can't find them. And for some reason, the people who shop our orders don't seem to make use of this resource. This is why people tune into RP Gamer. Insider shopper tips. Insider shopper tips. All right. Now let's talk about our couponing. I was going to say because it's a quest. When I worked at the Great Canadian Superstore, I actually did that. That was my job. That's not a lie, folks. That's the name of the supermarket chain. The Great Canadian Superstore. From the country that have... brings you Canadian Tire, which yeah, is a store equivalent of Walmart. <laughs> I was about to ask, you guys have a place up there called Canadian Tire that yes. sells more than tires. Yes. <laughs> Do they even sell tires? Uh, nominally. <laughs> no, my, my personal favorite is, especially when I was like in my early 20s, 
going into Walmart, and I'm wearing, like, you know, polo shirts, not blue polo shirts, but, like, black polo shirts, red polo shirts, you know, other color polo shirts, and people would come up to me and it's like, do you work here? Hey, can you tell me where this is? I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't, I work, don't here. work here. <laughs> do you just have, like, Walmart face or something? I maybe? would get that when I, I worked at Radio Shack, and then I would go shop at Best Buy afterwards. <laughs> And like people would ask me for help, I'm like, I don't work here. Like, sure you don't. Like, no, really. I mean, now the one <laughs> they get mad at me. Thing, well, the one time it was really legitimate was I was wearing a red polo shirt and I walked into Target. Yeah, I used to get that a lot when I wore polo shirts to work. Oh, you no, can't it was do specifically a red polo shirt because yeah, no, I know. I yeah, I had a red polo shirt. I'd get asked a lot if I worked there. Red polo uh, shirt. I fill you out. It's time to work at Target. Never mind. It's a song. Of course, um, there, there's some. There's been times when I've helped customers that uh, probably didn't ask for help, like um, confused parents at Walmart that were asking me about uh, which uh, Game Boy Advance should they get their kids. Oh, and Kelly, that, are you the one who sits in the line and advises people at GameStop? I've done I, that. I, yeah, done I, I've I've done that before. I've that. helped parents at GameStop before. <laughs> Here, let I, me bring um, you through a chart. Here's a chart like, of all the pre-order bonuses. When when <laughs> I worked at an office, or? yeah, unsolicited. Uh, I, I worked at an office. Yeah, I can't I can't help myself. Like here, I need to explain to you the difference between Dark Souls, Dark Souls Two, and. <laughs> and oh, make Chris. sure you do it in the most like derogatory way. Like look down at, at your nose. At the people. No, oh, that's nice. what the person please the tell me. For. I'm there to help. Oh. Please tell me you weren't doing this to women. No, no. I'm sure I've done it to everybody. Okay. I'm, no, I'm, I'm, that was specifically nice. for Chris, Kelly. I, I, and I probably okay. have. And more importantly, they needed the help. They okay. didn't actually know. It was a mom who didn't know the things and was very thankful. Yeah. <laughs> also, when I worked in an office before, people would come up to my desk at my office oh, and be right. like, so, so I'm getting a, my kid a console for Christmas. What should I get them? So I'd go oh, through this whole like tree of questions like, okay, what kind of games does your kid like? Oh, they like cutesy platformer games? Well, they need a way. Oh, they like shooty-shooty games? They need a 360. Anything else? PS3. Because this was during that time. So, and I, oh, I no, felt but- like I needed to monetize that service because I could have made a ton of money doing that consultation work. So back when I worked at EB Games, one of the things that we had to do, and our district manager was a jerk about it, is we had to alphabetize the games. And the problem was, is we got so busy <clears throat> during December that what we would have to do is in order to get one person to alphabetize the games, we would block off the section we were working on with shelves all around us. And then put little signs up that says, please do not disturb doing inventory. (laughs) And people would still come up to that person, which was almost always me, and be like, can you help me, please? It's sign. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I can't help you right now. I, I well, I guess it three other people in, in the store that is like six feet by six feet. Please go ask one of them. I, I guess it would have mattered in Canada. You couldn't have start, started speaking French and pretended like you didn't know English. <laughs> well, Manitoba had enough French that they probably yeah. wouldn't have flown. 
Yeah, in Canada, that doesn't work. Je ne sais pas où est le Mario Brothers. And also, I'm the opposite of that. Like, I I will go to an employee at a a store as a last resort because I know that they're just going to go right to the spot that I was just looking at and look. (laughs) All right. Oh, we should talk about what we've been playing this week. I just realized, what if the people were humoring me, Anna? What if, like, they were so insulted by me mansplaining that they acted like they didn't know what they were talking about just to make me go away? I mean, you didn't have a girlfriend. (sighs) I wouldn't have known. I was completely uneducated on mansplanations at the time. So, so just just like the mall, uh, sorry, I was trying to transition. Just, just like the mall, the mall, mall, M-O-M-A-W is also a very crappy place to be. Oh, yeah. You and Chris have both been playing a lot of WoW this week. Yep. Oh, God, yes. So so there's been a roller coaster. Yeah. There's been a roller coaster of stuff in Torghast because at the beginning of the week, they like cranked Torghast up to 11 and made it so hard that it was impossible and then cranked it back down to like five. Apparently, I skipped so those two days. <laughs> yeah, I skipped those days, too. Yeah, they they made it so so hard for the non-casuals casuals to enjoy it that anyone who's vaguely casual, like myself, couldn't do it. Oops. And they they'd um, fixed it like before I'd even realized it because I went in there in my on my hundred and it's like, what are people on about? <laughs> what do people complain about? It's so easy. Yeah, I'm not like, having yeah, any trouble got at all. Oh, they they fixed it already. Okay, I, got I can enjoy stuff. Nerfed this. apparently. So they added like three new levels to Torghast, which is levels four, five, and six. Torghast, if you don't know, is the little roguelike end game content. Oh, was it up to it's eight? Actually, I thought it was just four, five, six. Okay. No, uh, four, five, six came out last week. Oh, uh, I cleared six yesterday, and I tried seven and had my butt handed to me. So it sounded like the upper levels were like scaling super hard at first this week, and then they nerfed them, and now everyone's trying to like. It sounds like we're trying to move towards fast, iterative runs, like you would play a game of Binding of Isaac, rather than the very long plotting failure scenarios that they were turning I, into. I think they're. <laughs> I think they're aiming closer to greater risk from Diablo 3, honestly. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really fast, then. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like they're that mechanic where, where <laughs> stuff hunts, hunts you when you stay still for too long. Oh, yeah. Because, you know... So, uh, that, so, that's only one of them. Each one, each of the dungeons has their own little special mechanic. For yeah, them. like this one I was doing is like, hey, every floor you go up, it's way higher. It's harder. Everyone does more damage. Like, oh, no. Yeah. You already do more damage on the higher floors. This isn't fair. <laughs> I got really lucky with my level six run yesterday because I got an item that increased my crit chance by twenty five percent, and um, but it reduces my fire damage and my healing by seventy five percent. I'm a frost death knight. I oh. have no fire. There you go. Good for you. I was like, take it. <laughs> And then, like, every hit was a crit after that. (laughs) My favorite thing on the world is the ability that makes Aspect of the Turtle let me still use stuff while I'm doing Aspect of the Turtle. So it's like, oh, my pet's dead. Turtle, res, repeat. Turtle. Yeah, turtle. Um, turtle. 
Not to be confused with the turtles. Yeah. And I've also got another character up to level 60, my Blood Death Knight, who apparently can't die. That I feel like that spec is kind of broken at the moment, because I can take take on elites and rares on that character like they're just nothing. And Tank, eventually... tank is very powerful, this expansion. I've, I've seen a number of different tanks just do very well, so mm-hmm. it's not just Blood DKs, but a lot of tanks are doing very, very well right now. And what I love about it the most is that he's a panda death knight, so it kind of plays into my class fantasy of, you know, just being this metalhead badass that just can just walk in and walk into a fight and just mow down things. I'm, I'm loving that. Not not so much um, having to deal with the... So, so I learned that I may have picked the wrong covenant because the Necro You didn't pick Arden Wield, it's the wrong covenant. Yeah. That's how this yeah. works. <laughs> the Necro Lord command tables are easy because they have characters that can hit everything. The Kyrian one has one dude that can hit everything, and then, oh, one of them may be able to hit things, but you got to put them in the right position. It's okay. Nobody likes the tables anyway, right? I, I know. They're oh, an AFK thing. They're so slow. Like, if you actually watch the animations happen, it's like the most interminable... Yeah, I just watch the animations. Yeah, but then, like, you're not even paying attention to the mechanics then. You're just filling it out like, I hope this works out. Boom. Done. Which, like, what was the point then? I know. I, they've been trying to make tables a thing for the past three expansions. and was I it think the other tables up? were more interesting than this. I think the best one was Legion. Yeah. It felt more rewarding. I think the Legion, best one the, the Legion was, had good tables. I like Drainers. I'm sorry. I, the problem with Drainers is you had just too many units. You know, know, I liked it though. Sorry. But beyond that, it, it was not bad. I will, I, I will agree with I that. I, I did enjoy... Um, I know I'm in the minority here. But no, I, I think I, everyone Drainers, agrees that these tables, something's up. Like yeah. they made it look like a cool strategy game, but like engaging with the mechanics is. Bleh. <laughs> I will say I am not a fan of the ship stuff from. Drainor. I like. Oh no, the the ship stuff can, could have died in a fire, mm-hmm. and most of my ships did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. Well, see, my problem with it die. is that you have to go and try and find the equipment for the ship by doing weird esoteric stuff. Yeah, you're right. Well, what made me bad, mad about the ship, ship stuff was that there was one of them that you needed to do to get your legendary ring. And the highest that you could get the percentage up was was 85%. Only it really wasn't 85% because I think I failed that thing like five times before I tried it. And that was either that's, really bad luck or it was rigged. So that's that how percentages could only get it. work, Kelly. It's not a guarantee. I, I know. I'm. I'm telling you, the percentage seemed like there was something funny going on under under the hood. I can't prove that. That's just how I felt. That I, no, I no, all right, all right. So let's do a quick tour of Shadowlands in week. What is this? Five, four, five, six, five, five. All right, quick six. tour of Shadowlands. I don't know. All right, highest tour gas that everyone's achieved. I've gotten up to four. Six. Oh god, I can't remember. Okay. Hi, uh have you made a legendary yet? No. Yes, I made a chest piece. I made a shoulders. Do you make one, Tam? 
No, I gotta go buy the stuff off the age. Buy the stuff off the age. All right. Um, did but I'm you... making money hand over fist. Yeah, right. me too. What's your item levels? Oh god, I want to. I just got into Raid Finder Cat the right. castle. So you're at so least 170 like one... then. Yeah, I'm at 171. Yeah, I'm at 167. 167. Okay. And have you done? Uh, and what covenant level are you? Uh, what's your renown? Twelve. All right, I'm like eleven or twelve. Yep. So eleven's. Uh, I think eleven's the max right, all right now. So I'm eleven then. And then you've, uh, uh, which means we've all done like four weeks of covenant quests and probably no further. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm then, doing Ardenweld. So yeah. So we've so. done the same. So we helped the deer and the horse out this week. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, I thought that was really fun. Actually, it was cute. Yes. Um, the although they're although obviously they're also trying to uh, pan, uh, to um, work on their inclusion because yes, ob- obviously with them. Yes, <laughs> they are husbands. Um, I, I'm yes. okay with the gay furries. Yep, helped them out. The uh, and then you're doing Meldraxis because you're you like slime, Kelly. Yeah, is that how that works? Yeah, my because you want a slime name. kitty is what it really is. Yeah, that's why I specifically why I made that alt uh, Maldraxxus so that I can get that slime kitty, and I need to make sure to farm those good deed things every week so that I have enough for. So, yeah, so that when I do get up to like renown level twenty seven for that slime cat, I'll be able to actually get it. How do you farm a good deed? I can't remember exactly okay. what they're called. You you get them. So when you upgrade your covenant, you have that one thing that lets you channel um, anima to an area, mm-hmm. and that's how you get them. Okay, you just go kill it. You either open a chest or you kill okay. a rare. And um, you do that right. every day. All right, and then the uh, da, 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 da. have you done any PvP? No, I no. hate PvP. No PvP. Have you? I just, um, I just haven't yet. All right, raid finder anybody? Yeah, I did. Uh, not high enough. Right. I did Kelly's the first wing of castle um last night and it was very fun i'll probably do it later today and then you done all the heroics not all of them though i did do the other side last night cool. which was kind of fun? funny yeah 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 that's I love, uh, the I like one the somebody other, dungeon yep i i do like the other side um i think i've done most of the dungeons by now not all of them in heroic but i've done most of the dungeons i gotta say the other side is my favorite as far as story goes mm-hmm. as far as like the way it's arranged it's a little wonky um all right how frustrating is the dungeon where you have to choose the right path in the mist and everyone chooses wrong all the time i haven't done that one yet oh okay um i've only actually i've only had issues i've done it three times and i've only had one run where we didn't choose the right path okay um, I'm also slowly chipping away at Lore Master on my alts, so I've got Lore Master um, because you have to do the main story quest and then all the side quests. Yeah, and I only have Revendreth and Ardenweald left to do. Um, last night I alts. finished it. Wow. Yeah, yeah, because it's um, account wide. So I figured that while I'm leveling, I can bang out those side quests and get. Just oh, I just did it all get- on my main. Okay. Yeah. Um, and last night I did a very cute quest where you're helping uh, like one of the little stewards learn how to fly. Yeah, it's great. And you get a cool it, little toy out of that. Yeah, and what's it. really cute is that his first attempt, of course, he, he eats it because he tapes 
feathers to his arms and can't fly. And I'm an engineer, so I have those boots that let me do the superhero landing. So I just jump down, do the superhero landing, and I'm like, hey, hey, bud, you okay? You kind of took a spill down I there. really like using this toy in cat form, because I'm just like a little kitty who's been picked up by their scruff floating around with these little <laughs> butterflies. It's great. All right. Yeah, uh, I love that toy, too. <laughs> What was I actually going to say? Okay, so we covered dungeons, we covered battle. Okay, have any of you done anything to get stuff out of the Great Vault? Not uh, yet. I wasn't, that's, I, I wasn't that's high, high enough stuff, item level. Right? Yeah. All right, and then professions. Anyone doing professions? My uh, engineering a, is maxed out. I'm a pure gatherer. Um, herbalism's done. Um, still got a little... R- room to go on my mining but sometimes finding the mining nodes has been tough in some of the zones um, just because of the layout uh, especially bastion because of its sort of tiered aesthetic yeah. to the land it's, it's a pain a in the butt hard. to move around and it doesn't have enough flight points and i really so, want to so, whistle so let me, let me tell you why engineering is great, because I finally got enough mats to make my uh, wormhole generator for oh, this expansion. Oh, I hear good things about that. Yeah. And it's a, it's a 15 minute cooldown, and you can pick anywhere. So it's like, oh, I get my my Does it calling ever fail? for the day. No, never fails. It so just has, get... it just gives you weird debuffs, like you're, you're secretly replaced with your evil twin. Yeah, it's. The only thing, sucky thing is that it puts you in the middle of nowhere in each area, but 15-minute cooldown. So I finally set my hearthstone in Bastion because I've got an instant teleport to the hub now. And like by the time I'm done, it, the cooldown is done so that I could go wherever I need to go. And it is awesome. And I've also got the goblin glider uh, attachment to my cloak. So no matter where it sets me, I can just hop down and do a glide to wherever I need to go. Nice. And I'm like, this, this is too useful. I'm afraid Blizzard is going to nerf it. Yeah, probably. And yeah, I missed my flight whistle too. I think that's the dumbest decision that they have ever made. All right. Do we all like the story that we've had it so far, but it's like only half done and it feels incomplete? Yeah, it, okay. it definitely does. Okay. And then I think that's it. Is there more about WoW to talk about? I think that's good, right? Covered our check-ins. We've just got our feeling on the expansions. And is there anything interesting happening soon on the WoW front? Like, do they add more stuff at some point? Or has everyone left Blizzard and going to work on League of Legends' new MMORPG and so none of this matters anymore? I'm sure in January we're probably going to get an update on when 9.1 is going to drop and like what's going to entail in that because they're, they're probably done for the year. Yeah. Yeah. What it sounds like. Yeah. Right now it's uh, the myth, the myth, the run uh, for mythic world first right now. And um, it's the, two guilds have gotten eight of 10. Um, nine of 10 apparently is buggy and is just slapping the cr- crud out of everybody. Um, and seven of 10 was also very, and this, um, the eighth, the eighth fight has also been a good stumbling block for a number of the big guilds too. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't care about any of that. Yeah. I, I find it interesting, but I know I am not to that level. I've got too much stuff in my life to worry about, and being that hardcore in a game. I think it'd be fun anymore. to do ten man rating if we had the people. But just it, keeping that many fun. people interested and. 
but only being casual, like it's just it's too hard. It, it'd be fun, but I don't like how Blizzard tries to c- cater to the those players to make them happy before anybody else. Well, that's their evangelists, I guess. I don't know. I know that that just bothers me. Oh, all right, that's that's one reason why I'm a big fan of fourteen. I think this conversation is probably bothering a lot of people at this point. So, you've been playing um, anything I'm, else, Kelly? <laughs> I'm finally taking down my Halloween Halloween decorations and Animal Crossing and replacing them with Christmas decorations. Oh, just in time to take those down. Yeah, I oh, I guess Chris, quote unquote Christmas or whatever the festive season lasts until the middle of January. Oh, okay. And the so all the balloons are. Um, dropping these recipes right now, and I figured out how to farm balloons. So I'm trying to. How farm. do you farm balloons? You put up a jail cell wall across the, enti- the entirety of your island, so that when a balloon bumps up against it, it'll automatically move down, and then you just wait at the bottom for your balloons to get to you. What? So it's kind of an AFK farm, like vertically, horizontally, or vertically. You set these up vertically. Right. So balloons go left to right on the island. Yes. So you put a wall that goes north to south on your And then island. you sit at the b- southmost point and yes. wait for the balloons to funnel to you? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, good God. That's sneaky. And I actually need to go back and do this in November because I also missed all the mushroom recipes because I didn't know how to farm balloons properly. Mm-hmm. But I had also kind of redid a lot of my island anyway since I completed the uh, bug the bug museum and the fish museum. So it kind of, I didn't need as many areas to go farm for stuff. So I turned the entire top tier of my Island into a flower field with all of my flowers. Nice. And they're, they're in a cute little rainbow. I need to upload. I haven't had a chance to upload this to the dream cloud yet because I'm not done with it. I still have to grow like a couple of really weird colors to kind of fill out the field. But that, that was my, days-long project was getting all that taken care of, and then it made kind of my ranch area that I built a little bit more ranchy. Like, I made a a chicken coop and put ducks in there, and because it's toy season, there have been really cool toys, including a puppy plush, so now my little duck area has a guard dog, which is very cute. (laughs) And Raymond was actually playing with the guard dog the other day while I was trying to roll up snowballs. Because that's the other thing, too. Every day you have a chance to make a snow a snow boy, and if you make it perfect, you get a recipe for an ice item. Okay. But ma- making the perfect snow boy is a little bit tricky because you have to get the proportions right, but you can always just like quit to quit out the game and then try again. So, yeah, I didn't think I would be this busy with Animal Crossing. What? How long has it been? Like 10 months in? I don't know what year that came out at this point. In March, so nine March months of in. Twenty twenty. What is it? Twenty twenty seven now. I don't know. Yeah. It. <laughs> you know what? It's been messing me up. The fact that the Sonic movie came out in February and it feels like it came out like last year. I still haven't seen it. Need to. It's good. So yeah, I've been doing that. I've been playing more Monster Sanctuary. I finally got a creature that could let me like fly a little bit better so I can go explore a lot of the areas that have chests that um, I couldn't reach initially, which has been cool. Uh, Though that game, my one complaint about that game is that all the areas kind of look the same in the game. So it's really hard to 
backtrack to figure out what stuff you've missed because everything just looks so samey. But I'm still having a lot of fun with that game and the battle, the mo- monster battles, and just, just going to new areas and getting seeing what new monsters I can get in an area. And it's been a really fun little indie game. Pokemon clone indie game for what, like seventeen that I paid for it because I had the launch discount. So I, I may see if I can write a review about this one just because I want other people to know about yeah, it. I'm adding this to my wish list. Yeah, yeah, because you didn't know it came out for Switch. Yeah, no, I I was waiting for it to come out on Switch, and then I was like, oh, this game sounds so good, I need it to be on Switch, and you were like, I'm playing it on Switch. Um, I don't if the same version has a demo or not. I, uh, what are we talking about? Monster, Monster Sanctuary. Sanctuary. Oh, okay. Pokemon clone. Why aren't you playing the the other Pokemon clone? What, uh, Tim Tim? Yeah. Because it's Is not on, on Switch. Oh, okay. It's, well, I have it on PC, though. You play it on your laptop. Yeah, but it's early access. It's not done. Yeah, I don't do early access crap anymore. So, I also have Nexomon sitting on my desk, which I should play so that I can give it back to the person who loaned it to me. My platy. I'm sorry. Uh, I will pass along the message. But yeah, that, that's pretty much all I've been playing. That and wrapping Christmas presents, which I am all done with. And with no help from my cats, who felt the need to sit on the wrapping paper and wouldn't let me cut the wrapping paper. That's what a cat's for. He's making sure it doesn't blow away. I feel kind of glad that we didn't have to wrap anything this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you would have had endless kitten assistance. <laughs> yeah. Although... Boy, kittens love wrapping paper. It's a few days before Christmas, and I'm realizing that I did a bad thing this year. Because what you do? Which one? Normally, what I do is I make two distinct lists, and I send one to Chris's family and one to my family. Except this year, I was like, I'm going to experiment. Everybody gets an Amazon wish list. Let's see if they can use the functionality on Amazon. if they buy it, it off my wish list, it will disappear for everybody else. Yeah, that's how it's supposed to work. Guess how? Guess whose family doesn't buy stuff off Amazon and check the things off if they don't buy it off Amazon? So I'm pretty sure Anna's that I have family. two air fryers yeah. <laughs> sitting in the basement at the moment. You'll, you'll be frying all kinds of things. I'm going to be frying. You're going to be frying an air fryer. So More I'm bacon. Gonna, what? More bacon. Uh, just waiting. I've been waiting for thirty minutes to make another bacon joke. <laughs> it's been thirty minutes. I should go shoot up be my stuck drugs. To the pan. I even had a notification right before the podcast that popped up, and it said "shoot up drugs." Nobody knows what you're talking about, Anna. Uh, I it's a monthly medication to reduce the severity of my migraines. Yeah, but it's still like an EpiPen. Completely out of context for everybody. All right, so are you going to go do that now? No, I'm going to talk about what I've been playing. Oh, okay. And then I'll go shoot up my drugs. So I I actually bought it live on a podcast a few weeks ago. Um, I picked up Seven Nights Wanderer of Time because um, it's put out by Netmarble, who makes a bunch of phone games that I like, but I find I eventually burn out on them because I don't want to spend a crap load of money on them. And so I was like, hey, this game is like six bucks. 
And they're, the only IAP is costumes, which don't appeal to me. So let's try it out because I want to support them and I want to see if it's good. And it's like better than a, it, it's in this weird, 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 weird spot where it's better and more complete than a phone game, but it feels like it's lacking something as a Switch game. And I don't understand why I feel that way. I am quite enjoying it, but I do not think I would recommend it. So between the migraines and a last-minute cross-stitching project that I'm doing for a holiday gift, that's all I've been playing this week. But Pascal, what have you been playing this week? Uh, right. So um, you're enjoying your game, but wouldn't recommend it. I would say the game I'm playing, I'm not fully enjoying, but probably would recommend it what? to some. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm so say I've I've gone 40 years in my life um, successfully dodging farming RPGs. And I knew there was a good reason why I've never decided because to play Because they're boring? One. I can't, well, I can't say, but they, I mean, they have their <laughs> audience, so um, I know that they, you know, it, that, that concept does not really appeal to me. So um, There's a bunch of crazy Sakana, people every week who stream Stardew Valley on the RP Gamer Twitch. Yeah, who would do that? Do that. Yeah, really. really. Yeah, but I think we have we have quite a number of people on staff that enjoy that kind of game. They could they could have done <laughs> Graveyard Keeper, but no, Stardew Valley. I was going to say I put this on my Christmas list, and then hearing mm. Pascal, no, like, no, no, kind no. Of, okay, but that's that's why I said I would. Which game still are you talking about? Actually, it. I'm building into that. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> where was I at? <laughs> I talked about how you wouldn't recommend it for others. You've avoided right, it for so. 40 years of your adult life. And finally, you've been infected with the farming RPG-itis or something. I don't know. Uh, not, no, not quite. So when uh, when Sakana came up for review... I, oh, Sakana of Rice and Ruin. Sakana of Rice and Ruin. So at, at first, I, like everybody else on staff, um, did not respond to, to that call for review. Um, <laughs> and eventually, I decided, you know... I don't know this this weird thinking of well somebody's got to do it and um, so yeah so I I ended up volunteering reluctantly and then I still kind of took my time really giving it a chance so I've been playing it much more dedicated this week so this is pretty much the only game I can probably talk about and it still isn't for me to play a farming RPG but I can see the appeal for those that enjoy it with this game. So Sakana is half farming and half, um, just, you know, pretty much regular, um, side scrolling action RPG. Okay. Um, and so, and so because it has both of those elements there, you know, I guess it's one of those cases for there's, there's a little bit for, for everybody, I guess, you know, or at least for, there's a little bit for both camps that enjoy that kind of, either one of those things. Um, so the story is something, you know, to cut it short, it's, um, you you play Sakuna, who is um, the daughter. She is the divine daughter of um, the, I don't know, to paraphrase, the god of war and the goddess of the harvest or something along those lines. So she fills both roles. And so that's why the gameplay revolves around having to do both things. Uh, farming rice and, well, and then, you know, the action RPG combat stuff. Um, it is not a game that has any kind of like traditional leveling mechanics. Um, you level up by based on well, based on the quality of the rice that you grow between the action segments. 
And uh, to do that, there's a, a very uh, in-depth system has been implemented to grow the rice. So you do have to take part in all, uh, in all aspects, such as um, tilling the soil, making the fertilizer, spreading the fertilizer, planting the seeds, pulling the weeds. Um, gosh, yeah, I heard that it was very involved on the growing the rice side, but like, it, oh it, man, it's like you've really got to do it even to level up, huh? It is. You ha- you ha- there is no leveling without it. Yeah, it is super involved, and like you can kind of skate by by just kind of doing it, but doing it well yeah. is so much better. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's it very like- noticeable how much it adds to your health and uh, strength because without it, the combat um, grows very difficult very quickly. Like the enemies become very hard to deal with if you do not level. So it's it's absolutely mandatory that you not only do you do it, but you have to do it well. Uh, because even even with doing it well, you frequently still run into. Um, like roadblocks where you just cannot pr- progress because the enemies are, are too hard and you have to go back to, um, to farming. Yeah. Um, but I, I'll definitely give the game credit in that as involved as the farming aspect is, um, it's really easy to understand. It's really easy to manage. Uh, you know, it, it sounds so off-putting for somebody who, who isn't into the farming side of gaming, um, but it isn't a hassle. It's just... Yeah, which is why I can't really fault the game. That's why I said I, I would still feel like it's recommended for those that aren't intimidated by having to do it, right? It, it's not um, super deep into stats. Mm-hmm. And um, and it, it, it bounces back and forth between the farming and the action so quickly and so frequently that it almost has that, that quality that MMOs have of just one more, like just one more quest or just one more... Uh, fetch mission, you know, like they're they're so fast to do. Um, the uh, the day night cycle in Sakuna because it so, so I'll, well, I'll get into the time cycle in a minute, but the um, the day cycle I think lasts something along the lines of um, anywhere between let's say six to eight minutes, less than ten minutes, and so you're constantly jumping back and forth. If you play for an hour, you've you've went back and forth like five or six times between farming and action, so it's. It's a game that you'll probably, you know, play for several hours at a time if you're, I guess, dedicated to it at all. And that's so it's not hard to um, to continue playing. So the other thing that um, I thought was going to really put me off, but it hasn't, is the fact that it is uh, so time based. It has a day night cycle and then it has like seasons of the year and all of that impacts the the farming aspect again, like very, um, very significantly. Um, there, it goes through all four seasons, and each season is broken up into basically thirds. So summer, winter, all, they're, they're all uh, marked on screen by having um, three playable sections. And they come across in the game as just days. So you spend three days playing, and the season changes. So the best I can, I can say is just, I don't know, the, the time runs on a, a, a creative timer where a season of the year takes three in-game days. There's no explanation for this in the game. That's just how it works. So it takes 12 days to go through a full year, harvest a crop, level up. Basically, you have you you level up every year once when you harvest your rice crop, and you know that stuff goes by pretty quick. It's so yeah. I don't know. I I feel like I'm I'm explaining it, but 
it's hard to even <laughs> say. No, I like get a, it. Uh, uh, like a verdict on it. I, I can't. I can't give much of a verdict at the moment. I just don't know. Um, the action is well done. It's definitely fun to to play the the action RPG sections. They and I don't know. That's the game. You you <laughs> you uh, slash and fight, and then you go pull weeds and. Um, <laughs> Harvest Race. It, it was always like a visually very interesting looking game. I think it, I mean, this is like a small indie studio in yeah, Japan so that's been <laughs> chucking away on this for a long time. Um, yeah, I interviewed uh, at one of the E3s, I got to interview um, two of the guys that worked on it. And now I believe I found out that the two guys that I saw are the studio. So I think it's just <laughs> a two man studio. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of been really interesting because indie games in Japan don't tend to do much numbers. And it sold something like half a million copies in Japan. Yeah. Like, yeah, you mentioned crazy it sold really well. good numbers. It's by uh, Edelweiss, and and, and or I think Edelweiss is the publisher. Guys, I yeah. Think. yeah, no, it's uh, Bandai Namco. I think is publishing it. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, so it's Exceed in North America, Marvelous Europe and Europe, and then Bamco in Japan. Okay, all three, and Edelweiss is the the dev. Um, it looks very nice. Graphics are great. Um. And and again, it, it, as as in depth as it is, when you try to you know explain it on paper or or talk about it, it is very easy to get a handle on. Like I never felt overwhelmed by the farming, and I really thought I would have. And if it, if it was ever going to overwhelm anybody, it would have overwhelmed me for sure. Um, so that's definitely a point in its favor. So if you are at all on the fence about it and the farming, like just the idea of having to, to deal with farming doesn't put you off, then I think it gets a recommendation on that. Okay. It's just not quite for everybody. You know, it's, it still isn't the kind of game I would probably choose to play, but I can't knock it for anything. You know, it's doing the things that is, is doing exactly what it says it would do. And it does it pretty well. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be my jam for sure. Yeah. And, uh, and I think it's going to be quite a few people, which, which we have so many on staff that I think would enjoy it. But again, just crickets when it came time to uh, pick it up for review. Well, the dilemma is, is the, the three people that are kind of part of the review team that would be interested in playing it. I can't play it. It's a conflict of interest. Sam couldn't play it because she was busy at the time. And the third person, uh, who used to play farming games. There's a third person that used to play farming games when me and Sam couldn't. And I think they might have quit. Mm. Uh And it's okay. Um, so yeah, I, it, I I think it was just sort of a confluence of things happening. Yeah, I, I don't. No, regret it's still uh, the point that it, nobody else wants to play it either. Also, still stands, Anna. <laughs> uh, that's more the genre than this well, particular I'm, game. I'm also not. A, I actually enjoy those style of games myself. I'm not a reviewer because I would I would honestly dread trying to proofread my my stuff because my grammar is absolutely atrocious. Yeah, you mm-hmm. kind of write like conscious stream. And while Strong that's conscious. Yeah, that's it. And well, actually I when I actually sit down and do writing it's not my I actually get, uh, I don't see grammar errors. That is where my issue actually comes in. 
Like well, when I'm actually doing why, serious writing, I see don't see grammar too. errors. Um, um, so I, I wanted to make a point of saying this, um, and I, I kind of neglect it because once I started talking, I, I just rambled. Um, but I did want to say before before you guys switch to another game, it's very it is very zen, um, like the it's very traditional uh, Japanese music, and so when you get into a farming groove, and sometimes you have to spend a little, you know for a few extra. Sometimes it's just um, I say most of the time it's go out do the action stuff, and then come back to your camp and I don't know pull a few weeds or adjust the water level, and then that's about as much time as you'll put into the farming for that day. But at other times you have to. Um, get a little bit more invested in the farming aspect because it takes a little bit more time to do things like plant the seeds once a year uh, during spring, stuff like that. Um, and so it's it's got this really zen vibe, but it's zen to the point where I've actually uh, nodded off at the controller several times now <laughs> while doing... Well, that's the, that's, that's the farming genre. <laughs> that's the farming. And, and it's also the, I've, you know, I'm, I'm doing it after coming home from work. So... That might also just be me being tired at that point, but uh, it's very peaceful. So, <laughs> it, possibly that's another plus. I don't know. I, I'm glad that I am not the only old fart that nods off during video games. <laughs> oh, Chris <laughs> repeatedly has fallen games. asleep playing farming games. Yeah. I, I I always think, am I getting too old for this? Because I can't stay awake. Oh no. Okay, it's it's other people too. <laughs> you, you get comfy. It has a really good um, translation. Whoever the the the, the localization team is, um, it's humorous and it's it's just well uh, told. Um, so it's there's a story that goes along with it. There are other characters that uh, live in your camp, um, and you're constantly interacting with them. And they had little story bits to, I guess, to you know, to put some variety with the um, with the rest of the gameplay. I, I can't. There's nothing I can really. Knock it on, just if it isn't your type of thing, kind of, you know, that's the kind of game it is. But anyway, that's, so that's the majority I've been playing. I've also uh, finished up another game, but might mention that later anyway, in the um, editorial column. I finished uh, Song of Horror, finally. And it's not really an RPG, or rather, it isn't an RPG in any way. So this might not be the time for it. Well, you did an adventure corner on it. Right. So, yeah, we'll talk about it at that point. Sure. All right. Uh, Josh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can, can you yeah. guess what we're going to ask you, Josh? What um, section of the show are, it is? Is it Yakuza section? Yeah, yes. it's Yakuza time. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've, I've been, you know, trucking along on that. Like, it... I'm almost done. I'm on chapter 14 of 15, so I'm right at the very end. I feel like I should ask you all the World of Warcraft questions about Yakuza, because I bet you there's more of it in there than I would expect. (laughs) Yeah, there's tons of stuff. Like, how many of the side quests have you done? Have you you finished the management sim? (laughs) (laughs) How many many of the uh, summons have you acquired yet? What's the craziest summon? Mm. All that good stuff, Lord help! I, I'm I'm just. Is there a raid? <laughs> <laughs> Don't think so. Oh, yeah, that's that, too that, bad. They were quite qualified as a raid. Um, I, I finally got to some of the. I got through the sections that like Sam had a real problem with in her review, and like I, I get why she was so down on those sections. Like you get to this point in the game, and you go to 
as far as the story goes, and you go to a new city, and if you've played Yakuza, like, it's not real. I don't know. I guess I won't spoil what city it is, but, I mean, like, if you've played Yakuza before, it's not much of a shock. But once you go to that city... Like everything goes from being level, my, all of my characters were like around level, low level 30s, and that's kind of the enemies you'd been facing. And then you get to this new city, and then suddenly the enemies are level 40. <laughs> just there, there's no, you know, ramp up. It's just like, nope, nope, giant uh, roadblock. Like, yeah, now enemies are level 40. And there's nothing that stops you from just moving on to the in the story in the game. Like, you can just go ahead and go on to the to the next story event, but what you're supposed to do obviously is go to the uh, battle arena this in this other city they've uh, the, they include this battle arena where you can fight fight through like 30 different battles in a row where you get tons of experience and money and weapons and but for some reason i have no clue why they designed it this way but they just stuck this giant roadblock in there and you have to go in and the way they've get, given you to get around it is to go to this battle arena and do 30 battles in a row. I don't know why on earth they designed it like this. Yeah, like For me, it didn't end up being a problem because every single review, everyone I've heard talk about playing this game is like, as soon as you get to the new city with a battle arena, go and do the battle arena. And so I, I followed the instructions. Like I went and I did the battle arena. So I can imagine if I was playing this game you know, for review, view and had no clue hadn't heard tons of other people talking about it you know the 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 battle arena is something like oh yeah you might go and dabble with it and be like okay i've done enough of this let's move along move on with the story right now and then you get to no you would get wrecked because i i typically dislike when a game forces me or no sorry when a game um gives an option to do something that's just like a combat side activity Uh i stay away from battle arenas and challenge dungeons and stuff like that usually so i would i would fare very poorly i know like but now you know it's coming and that's that's why he's telling us yeah 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 that would make me want to stay away from the game maybe i don't know (laughs) it's yeah i don't know why they designed it like that because it's just it's scaled weird there's no good reason for it because before in the in the previous section like i said all the enemies are like low level 30s your characters are probably around low level 30s depending on exactly how much side quests and stuff you've done you're not having any problems with the enemies and you get to this new city i mean heck you could go right on to the next story section and just be totally hosed for the next boss battles because the next boss battle is like the most difficult boss battle in the game and it's kind of cheap as well because the uh the boss has like this attack that can take off like 80 or 90 percent of uh ichiban's health in one at one go and <laughs> and the, like there's no real warning about it like there you, the first time you fight him he's probably gonna pull out this attack and just kill you you have to, and each it's one of these games where you're uh, if ichiban the main character dies it's a game over even if everyone else is still fine so there is no using your other characters to revive the main character. Like, nope, nope, you get a game over screen. The The only good thing is that you can immediately uh, revive and, like, do the... It doesn't, like, take you back to the previous save. You can basically pay half of the money you're carrying around and then just get to try it again. So it's also a good idea right before this... Uh, when you get to this section, you right, right as you're about to go 
and do this boss battle to go and put a bunch of your money in the bank so that you know it's only taking half of a hundred thousand yen instead of taking you know hundreds or millions you know half of your millions of yen that you may have accumulated by that point but like that boss battle is also like it it's fun it should be really hard but man that part of it is really cheap and unfortunately that's been a problem with yakuza games for a long time it's just like different it, it has not improved even as they've moved to uh even as they've moved over to a turn-based system instead of being the beat-em-up because there are definitely some boss battles in the earlier yakuza games where where they were just you know like you, you had better go in and make sure you had plenty of healing supplies because they were going to be tough. Or, you know, like you you spent the entire game using uh, you blocking enemy attacks and using that as kind of one of your major ways to, you know, timing the good block against an enemy attack. And then you get to a boss battle and then the boss is just, oh, yeah, they can just continually block, break your uh, blocks and attack you and hurt you anyway. There's still a little bit of that kind of stuff going on in Yakuza Like a Dragon. But the story and the characters in that game are just fantastic. I don't know how much of that is just it's it's fun to have a game where all of the characters involved in it are pretty much middle like almost everyone in the game is like middle-aged people. I, I think about the youngest person in the game maybe like 30 or 35. It's all these 40 and 50 year old people that are all fighting in this game so it's kind of weird and fantastic especially since a lot of the story revolves around that stuff. And the interpersonal relationships between Ichiban and the rest of the cast are just fantastic. I love that game. It's not perfect. It still has some... There's still there's still some flaws. And, and definitely, when you... If you're playing the game, when, when the uh, battle arena goes opens up, like you're just going to have to go and do that. Unfortunately. But, you know, at least so long as you know that going in, you're not going is to be Is the battle totally arena opposed. fun? Uh, not okay. really. Right. Uh, you've answered that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's 30 turn-based battles in a row. Honestly, I think battle arena... That, yeah. It, it's, it's, and if you lose, had, you lose half your money? Uh, y- no, not in those not the, the battle arena. Okay. That, that you'll lose on if you don't do the battle. Yeah, all right. Exactly. But they were the, really the confident that you just, want to do 30. Jeez. It, it's like every five floors, floors in quotes, of the battle arena, you uh, basically get to a, uh, you know, like a uh, a bookmark so that oh, you can come okay. back to that place, fight from there again. So if you die, so you, you don't, don't have, have to start to all over? Yes, correct. If you die, all it does is it just dumps you back out of the arena so you don't lose half of your money or anything like that. Wait, if you die, do you have to start from battle one? Back no, you start from wherever you got to, every okay. five floors. So if you got to floor 14, you'd have to start over again on floor 11 or something. Okay, all right. Like that. That's not so bad. Not as bad. It's, it's not still, as bad. It's like, still not great. It, it, exactly. I mean, I think they've had the ballerina in almost every Yakuza game, but it kind of makes more sense in an action game than a turn-based, <laughs> in a turn-based game. You know, it makes more sense to have like one-on-one Kiryu fighting some sumo wrestler or some other ridiculous thing than in this one where it's your party fighting, you know, a handful of other people. And it's just like, well, I'm already doing this when I'm just wandering around the city. Why do I need a battle arena? But you know, I it it's the it's the weird decision, you know, game design decision they made in this game that I just can't understand or defend. <laughs> but the 
rest of the game is fantastic. So I, I don't know how you balance the two. It, it's really tough. I, I think I would probably come down on the more of the like, well, you know, I, I think the good more than outweighs the the dumb decision, the dumb design decisions in this game. But I, I could totally see other people coming down the other way. But I'm just looking forward to finishing that up this week because it, it's been fantastic. I just giggle every time I, you know, like uh, call in a giant, you know, uh, raining down of crayfish to attack the enemies. And <laughs> it's just glorious. The, the the summons and all that kind of silliness in that game. So which part of you is like a dragon? Well, that the, the the main character has a um, the tattoo on his back. You know, like all the yakuza, all the all the uh, made yakuza have a giant entire back of their. You know, the entire all of their back is covered with a tattoo. That's like mm-hmm. all. That's one of the things they do. Well, uh, uh, yeah, Ichiban's is a dragonfish. Ah, uh, so a, you know, it's like a dragon. Exactly. Okay, like a dragon, and of course, you know the game plays off of the Dragon Quest theme, so like a dragon, you know, like oh. a Dragon Quest game. Uh-huh. It's a yeah, Dragon yeah. Quest-like. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I'm surprised <laughs> his back tattoo isn't a slime. Yeah? <laughs> dragon slime. I, mean, I, I know that Squeenix would probably take issue with that, but you could make it a legally it a distinct poony. slime. Yes, a pony. <laughs> Doggo. 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 <laughs> it's great, Chris. You gotta play it. You, you'd know. really like it. I wanna play all the other Yakuza's. That, They're that on is Game the... Pass. Yeah, I know. I, I know where to go. <laughs> that that's the thing. Like I, I think you can just, you know, if you want to, you can jump into this game. Like it, it does have it does tie into the earlier games, other characters from the earlier games do show up but i think you totally can just jump in and play this one even with zero knowledge of the rest of the series it gets trickier if you've played some of the games because then it's like well don't you just want to go ahead and play the rest of them so that you're totally caught up and all the all the little hints and stuff that they make in this game to the earlier games kind of land yeah probably but you know like you, you can totally just skip ahead and play this one I'll think about it. <laughs> it's free, Chris. You've got, you've already got it. You already paid. Is for it on Game Pass it, too? Seven? No, that's right. Seven yeah. isn't on Game Pass yet. That's Everything right. else is going to be on Game Pass in Jan- by January. Exactly. Every other yak is a game. Every other yak is a game. So I got to play them all, except for the zombie game. But that one, we pretend that it doesn't exist. Heck, I, st- I, I even want to play the Fist of the North Star one. That's how sick <laughs> I am. Did the zombie game come out in the U.S.? Yeah. Okay. It was on, it was on PS3. It's the it only was thing that really badly translated. Okay. Well, it wasn't that. Uh, it wasn't that bad. That was what most people that I know that played it was like. The combat was terrible, and the translation was crap. The combat was terrible. I don't know how that team also made uh, uh, Binary Domain. It's just bonkers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like really good shooter and really awful shooter. But that's sometimes what, you know, like the engine can do to you. <laughs> All right. Are we done with games? 
Time nope. to move it. Oh no. Okay. Got me. You've been playing a Christmas game. Ooh. I've been playing my annual Christmas game of Parasite Eve. Twenty-two-year-old <laughs> game. <laughs> okay, so as someone who does not play horror games and gets very squeaked out, explain to me in ungross details how is Parasite Eve a Christmas game? It happens. Uh, it starts on the Christmas same way Eve. Diehard. Die oh, okay. Thank you. That was easy. So, but Parasite Eve isn't as it, it's. I think it's because it deals with mutation instead of zombies. I I deal with it a little better because um, I don't I don't do horror games really either. I just, but I think it's because it's genetics and science and and odd science stuff. I I enjoy it a little more than zombies because I don't. Is it much do of zombies. a horror game from what I remember? It there are horror, there are some horror aspects. Um, I think the second game really leaned into that more. But Parasite Eve, being a twenty-two-year-old game, is still a very good game today. It came it, out, I think, shortly after Resident Evil, and it has like similar controls and looks. I think it. No, that was Parasite Eve Two that had similar controls. I, Parasite I Eve actually. Two actually went with the, the you have to face okay. the direction you want to move, whereas yeah, tank controls, yeah, the, the, which are absolute. Like I tried to play it because I own both on the Vita, um, and I was trying to play the second one on the Vita after I beat the first one, and I just was like, oh my god, these controls are so bad. Whereas the first one, you didn't have to face the direction you wanted to go; you could just go that direction. I don't know. I think they what Square was trying to do at the time for Parasite Eve 2 was mimic Resident Evil because, oh, Resident Evil is really popular at that time. And so they went with the control screen closer to Parasite Eve 2 when they really should have just kept what they had in Parasite Eve. Because Parasite yeah. Eve is a very good game even today. 22 years later, I still enjoy it. It's fun for me at least. Um, it's not a terribly long game. I beat it in ten and a half hours, and that was with some backtracking and item management. So RPG backtrack. So I um, don't think we have this on the schedule this year, but we oh, can. Okay. You said backtracking. Um, I got. You said it's twenty-two. Have you been playing it for twenty-two years? Or is this a game that you played when it first came <laughs> he out? Picks it up oh, and puts no, it down I, over I, the past um, twenty-two. Years. <laughs> no, not in one run. I mean, obviously. <laughs> My 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 sister actually got this as a birthday gift back in 1998, um, yeah. and so I have consistently played this game multiple times. I've beaten it a good seven, eight times over the last 22 years. It's 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 one of the games I really enjoy. I try to play it every year on Christmas because it it's kind of like Die Hard. It takes place on Christmas. Yeah. So I and the, the thing you said about the controls, I just I feel like I. I I never have that much of a, a problem with the tank controls, but I wonder if that's uh, my opinion. Is it's those of us who like played them when they first released, like the resident, the original Resident Evil, and the second and the third, and I think maybe that's as far as it went, um, because we had no no choice but to get used to them. So they aren't as much, big of a deal. But I feel like others who play games that have tank controls and like that's like a the first time they've seen them. What is you know what is this garbage? I can't control this. Yeah, that's the thing. I. My parents did not allow me to play games like Resident Evil or Fighters or anything. I had to play platformers and RPGs. Cause, so, 
and city builders and stuff like that. You had so to play me, them. I had to play them because that was the only option I had to, for games. Sit down and play this. I don't want to play. It was more like, you're not allowed to play these types of games, but oh, here's a role-play game. So, Dad, I mean... Dad, I'm sick of Tetris. That's all we play is Tetris. So, Oh, no, like, the, the first two console games we owned were Dragon Warrior and Final Fantasy. I mean... But, uh, so I didn't really experience tank controls until much later. And because I had played so many of these games, like, you know, um, Parasite Eve, uh, Skies of Arcadia. I mean, I had played a lot of different games by the time I even experienced my first real tank control. And I was like, oh my god, this is so bad. So, um... But yeah, no, it's still it's a good game. Still holds up very well today. Uh, graphics not the best, of course, by compared to today's standard. But the FMVs still look very nice, and I overall really enjoyed the game. I have never gotten the true ending though, so that that is one of my goals for next year is try and get the true ending of Parasite Eve. Isn't that where you have to go through the Sears Tower? Uh, Chrysler Building, yes. Or Chrysler Building, my bad. No, no, that's okay. They're they're both very tall, big buildings. This really um, is. Ellie, you've had twenty two years to get this straight. Come on. I, I know. I, I it, it's it's a slog, and it's actually get, like I've gotten consistently up through the fifties, but the boss of fifty or the boss of fifty nine usually is the one that ends my my attempts. And it's also every there's also um. I, I downloaded the PDF of the uh, strategy guide because I didn't want to go digging through my bookshelf. But because um, I do own this, I do actually own the strategy guide. Um, but uh, there's every floor is basically the same except for the boss floors, and they all look the same. They all have very similar aesthetics, and they're all mazes. So I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty confident you'll have the most unique New Year's res- gaming resolution this year on RP Gamer. <laughs> well, there's also my general um, yearly one of beat one ga- try and beat at least twelve games in the year. That's about a month. That's that's pretty reasonable. I I failed it this year, but <laughs> I have uh, some other <laughs> stuff going on. COVID COVID just really because uh, of my work just really kind of ate so much time. You and everybody else, bud. Yeah. Indeed. So, and then, um, okay, so next, um, I've been playing Criminal Girls, I uh, played and beat Criminal Girls 2, at least got the base ending of that. Um, It's, you can definitely see the evolution, um, both graphically When you say beat... <laughs> I got the I got the normal end. Chris, he'll be beating that game for the next twenty two okay. years. Okay, right. <laughs> no, that's Final Fantasy. I actually did not Whoa, beat the original Final. <laughs> I got. We had the original Final Fantasy, and then um, it took me eight years to beat it. <laughs> Like actually complete the game on the NES. That was just sure because you were buying potions on, on the shop. Yeah. yeah, it takes that long oh, no, to I fill am, up to two fifty five. Okay, good. So, so Criminal Girls two um, 
definitely can see the improvement over the previous game, both graphically and system-wise. Like, uh, one of the improvements is EX. You, the game will sometimes chain EX skills instead of, oh, only one EX skill will happen after the round. So, um, I do. I also like there was more interaction with the characters and the protagonists in that game instead of the first game where it only happened in specific scenes. Uh, this one, there was... A, so, Criminal Girls 2, definitely um, much uh, good uh, or a better um, improvement over the first one. Um, as far they're, as... They're dungeon crawlers, right? Yeah, they're they're both dungeon crawlers. Yeah. Um, I sometimes think have, I wouldn't mind trying one of these games, but I don't know. The the dungeon crawler like mechanics don't appeal to me. It would have to be gameplay that I actually enjoy. And and that's the thing I found. That I've, I besides besides having to uh, what's what's the word Anna? Beat it. Huh? Oh, motivate. Motivate. Thank you. I, I was about to use the other word. <laughs> you have to, besides motivating the girls. The uh, the actual combat system is. I find very enjoyable because it's, 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 it's <laughs> so do they. There's, <laughs> <laughs> it's sorry. tight and well put together. Jesus, uh, sexy. There's, there's there's a lot of RNG on the battle system, which makes no two battles really the same, and that can be a lot of fun. Uh, it can also be very frustrating. It's like I don't need that skill now. But uh, no, I do. I do at least enjoy the games. They're 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 definitely a very niche, um, and I'm I'm really would hope the next one gets licensed, but for a Western release. But I'm not holding my breath. Oh, the phone game. Yeah. Yeah, it is coming out in in North America because the guy oh, yeah. that owns um, Jamatsu is doing the localization for it. So how worried should we be? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> okay. Um, we were hoping you quick, did, Anna. Quick oh, blur, well, sorry. Overwatch, Christmas event, playing that, done. Um, the other thing is um, I've been still playing uh, the Final Fantasy XIV patch. Um, I've done all the story at this point for the new patch. Uh, it's mostly just my weekly grind for the uh, gear. I've also uh, did my... Uh, they did do the start the Christmas event this week, so I've done that. I got to say the mount for that is the most hilarious thing I've seen in an MMO ever because it's a snowman suit that you ride around in. And when you're running, you lift the head of the snowman up over your head as you're running. <laughs> it is a, am- it is amusing as no get out. Um, so, and, and the Christmas story this year was actually pretty cute. And um, you can definitely tell they took some inf- inspiration with the pandemic. Um, with COVID-19 um, in regards to uh, how they uh, implemented the uh, story this year. Cause, uh, so I, I won't go into spoilers just in case people do play. And, what, uh, did 1% of the population die? No. <laughs> no! Moving oh, on. Okay. So, and, that, and that's it for me. That's all, that's all I've been playing. All right. Now we're ready for editorials. No. No. Because one, you're going to make a mark. Uh-oh. I'm going to make a mark. We are going to jump off of the Twitch channel because Hair Frog is ready to do his stream. And we'll just record the rest of this offline. 
So if you are watching on twitch.tv slash rpgamer, stay tuned for something else to be on very shortly. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't realize we were going long. Yeah, this is an hour and a half already. Yeah. All right. Bye, Twitch. Enjoy watching Hair Frog rather than my wow. But isn't <laughs> isn't this also the last stream of the, or podcast of the year? Yes. So we're going to continue the podcast. We're going to record. It'll just be not on Twitch. Okay. Bye, Twitch. Bye, Twitch. Twitch is gone. Okay, so make a mark, and it's I'm going to jump into... All right. All right. We've gone through what everybody's been playing and, and my crazy week. And uh, now we're going to jump into your feedback for our question of the week. Um, so last week we asked, what RPG villain should be included in Smash next? And uh, Tam, you said Diablo. Ooh. I, I, think, I think the game, you know, Smash... Usually pretty fun, not, um, but I think having like a really dark character, especially since they just added Sephiroth, uh, would make a really interesting dynamic for the game. And Diablo 3 is on the Switch. Yeah, and works. here is, is a, a weird little fact for you. Sephiroth in Smash is the first time Sephiroth has had nipples in any game. I'm, what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> So one of the alt skins for Sephiroth is a shirtless version. <laughs> Sephiroth has bare nipples. Yeah, so and he had there is also a shirtless version in Kingdom Heart, which is what Shirtless this, Virgin. Yep, that was my wrestler name in, in Virgin. <laughs> shirtless version in Kingdom Hearts, which is where this, which is where the alt skin is from, but the way that his hair flows down his chest, it conveniently covers where his nipples would be. Mm-hmm. Conveniently, yes, conveniently. But not in Smash. Not in Smash. Nope, Smash. He got nippons. <laughs> ready, getting ready to smash. What did they give him? T- did they give him stick-ons? No, they're they're little nips. <laughs> okay, little nips. Little nips. Little nips. Little nips. Also, do, do also, we, my need... wrestler name in college. Little nips. <laughs> do we need to include a pasties a item name. in Smash? Oh god! <laughs> this conversation's little, gotten little sparkly, star shaped. Look, look what I little pasties upon the world. Did. All right. Does Shulk need pasties too? So that he oh, he does have out. a shirtless version too. Yes, yeah. pasties for all the men in Smash. That's the power of the Nipnado. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, who knows? Maybe maybe Seth Seth's just getting ready to smash on his own there. All right. So other suggestions were from Krull, and he says it feels like Kelly skipped past the best possible RPG villain for Smash, Mara. Yep, oh, I did. Yep. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that one's not going to show up. Um, he says, genuinely, almost any demon from the SMT universe would be fun. I'd even take Jack Frost. A more recent one, but Jack equally Frost worthy, would be, fun. would be Hades. Oh. Plus, he uses a spirit, so at least he's not another sword user. Uh, He'd probably just get a uh, he has lots of weapons, spirit though. along with um, yeah, they give him a trophy. shovel knight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Featherhoof says Tielos from Xenosaga Episode 3. She's okay. not yet another sword boy, and her combination of speed and power plus her abilities um, could make for a very fun moveset. Are we thinking about this wrong? 
we're looking at characters that might actually be in the game, so maybe we should only look at other sword boys, since that's all they want to add. <laughs> Plus, you could give her a scythe uh, from Xenoblade 2, and her costume from Xenoblade 2 is an alt appearance. And Barry chimes in and says, I might be late. You weren't late because we were tardy. We were late. Um, but I'll post it anyways. There is no tales of representation in the Smash Bros. Oh, that's universe. A good point. So I think Mythos Yggdrasil from Tales of Symphonia would be a great pick. I nobody knows who that is. That's a terrible pick. I'm ours <laughs> I'm also partial to Richter Abend from Tales of Symphonia, Dawn of the New World. But I imagine confusion would stem from between him and Richter Belmont. Yeah, just <laughs> totally a little the same. Bit. <laughs> oh All right. So um we are gonna be taking a couple weeks off from we the podcast. I think. For the holidays. I didn't know we were. Okay, For the cool. holidays. That makes sense. I mean, the next one would be Boxing Day. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. That one's a maybe, and then the one I after that anywhere. is January 2nd. <laughs> so, there's some question marks about how many people are going to be available. No, I'm cool. Those. Let's sleep in. I want days off. <laughs> so, we're going to throw out to I've you kids. I don't sleep. A, a broad question of the week which we may read next week or we may read in three weeks. What is, was your one favorite gift you got over the holidays? Since for a lot of people, their holidays were like two weeks ago. Happy Hanukkah. Um, <laughs> what was your one favorite gift you got over the holidays? It doesn't need to be a game. It can be a non-gaming thing. But just tell us what your favorite gift was this year. Pretty cool. All right. I want to hear the least favorite gift. What? No. That's <laughs> this is so 2020. negative. What's more likely to have happened? A favorite gift or a least favorite gift? No. I'm keep- <laughs> You're a jerk. I'm keeping things positive. There, you're, there you're- was one time I was trying to determine what the mo- worst possible thing you can give somebody would be. And I honestly think it is a $5 Goodwill gift card. $5 Goodwill gift card. Herpes? Not- <laughs> Say what? Herpes. Herpes? The one worst gift that keeps on giving. (laughs) See? Well, I mean, there are websites where you can uh, buy crabs to give to people, like actual pubic lice. So, (laughs) okay. I have now derailed this podcast twice in five minutes. See, I was trying to keep it reasonable and malicious, link and then you went there, and then I had to up it. Are we including that link in the in the show notes? What revenge? No, <laughs> people can Google that shit on their own. Kelly, do you know where I can buy Ebola? If you want to answer our actual question of the week, which is what you was your Ebola? favorite gift over the holidays, you can contact us in a variety of ways. www.iwanttobuyebola.org <sighs> Number one, you can email us, podcast at rpgamer.com. You can call or text us. Uh, to You can call, leave a voicemail, or text us at 608-729-4098. Um, you can, if you're crazy, uh, listen to us at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash Um Or you can go to the latest podcast thread and um, drop a comment there on the website, rpgamer.com. You can tweet us a response at rpgamer. You can join our Facebook group, rpgamers. Yep. Lots of ways. All right. It's time for the editorial. Um 
Time to cue your hate mail engines, because not only do we have editorial, the top story of our editorials is a Cyberpunk 2077 review. All right! By our very own Alex Fuller. So he... So did he love it? Five out of five? For this one. Five out of five? Um, Severin Mira at Twitter.com. Twitter.com? Yeah, that's his email. That's his email. Yeah, Severin Mira at IWantToBuyEbola.net Gave it a 3 out of 5 Don't hate Alex Says that there's some excellent character Focused quest lines, strong game point systems And Night City's well crafted But surprise Has major technical Issues Main quest line isn't particularly interesting And the driving is terrible (laughs) That's the biggest problem Of the whole thing The driving is terrible. Um, We also had to point out shortly before publication, this was when the PlayStation 4 version was delisted. He reviewed Uh, the PS4 version, which was later pulled from the store because it's so broken they have to give refunds. Yeah. I couldn't tell which version this was from the review. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's too hard. They're all so broken. Which one is this? Original PS4. (laughs) Okay, PS4, yeah. Yeah. About a couple of days before it released... I, who who never pre-orders anything, decided to splurge, um, and I bought not one but two physical copies of it for the PS4. Why? One, uh, one as a gift, of course, right? Um, and so, <laughs> and I decided, well, you got a new answer for our question. What's the worst gift you could give someone? <laughs> <laughs> Cyberpunk for the Even PS4. Even worse than Revenge Fallout 76 or Cyberpunk for the PS4? I don't know. You decide. There you go. Indeed. Uh, It keeps on giving. mm -hmm. A slightly less controversial game also got reviewed. Mercenaries Blazed on with the Twin Dragons by Paul Scarelli. Also gave it a 3 out of 5. Is that a Mercenaries game? Which is appropriate. That's a perfect... Three out of five game. <laughs> yes, I've heard that's a three out of five series. Yeah, no, I mean it's great, but uh, it's. Does it break your PS4? <sighs> My dilemma no, with reviewing <laughs> games like Mercenaries, the series, is the same dilemma I had with Arafel. Wait, Arafel, Mercenaries, the series, the open world game. Mercenaries, you... the TRPG. Oh, so okay. there were three Mercenary Saga games. Right. Now there's two Mercenary Blaze games, yeah. and they're great, but they're never anything you haven't seen before. No. So it's so hard yeah. to review them because it's like, this game is excellent. Play it. Three out of five. I love that Cyberpunk is yeah, in this category now. They're very... What you just said, I think, I, and, and I'm, I'm definitely not trying to speak for Alex, but in, in chatting with him as he was like um, getting ready to publish the review, I feel like that was one of the sentiments that, that he had about the, the open world nature of it. It's like for, for all of the... Um, for all of its publicity and everything, it's though it's an open world game, and it's not one. It's not a kind of open world game you haven't seen before. Sure. Mm. So, Cyberpunk well, and Mercenaries, that's what both I, games that's you've what seen before. Great. Oh. So. Oh, oh, and that. I know that's not true, Pascal, because you don't climb towers to open up the map. <laughs> and if so it was a real open world game, seen before. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, fair enough. You could look at it so that Mer- way. Mercenaries Blaze says that it borrows the best of PSX area SRPGs, multiple difficulty modes, and a strong battle system. It's but the story is also tactics. poorly executed, minor presentation issues, and short. 
Which could be a plus. It's FFT, but short. Yeah. Yeah, it seems yeah. like a good thing. <laughs> that, that, that sounds exactly like the other four Mercenaries games. So, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like, like they are very competently executed TRPGs, especially on the battle system side. The story is not going to blow you away. The battle system They're just really not as addictive to play, to huh? The localizations are getting better. Better. Yes, right. they've been getting better continually. Like, it, it, you know, like it's a three out of five if you like, if you like. Like TRPGs, like yeah, you'll you'll enjoy Mercenaries Blaze. You won't be talking about it in ten years as the most amazing TRPG you've ever played. But, but it fills that niche. Excellent. And then we've got an Empire of Sin review from Ryan Costa. This is that um nineteen twenty Chicago kind of strategy RPG game. Let's see. He also gave this a 3 out of 5, said it's a unique setting, an exciting free-flowing combat system, and feels like a living, breathing world. Um, says that the sole win condition takes many feature, makes many features feel unimportant, the battle animations are clunky, and the story ends as fast as an MMO quest chain. Oof. So there you go. We've got also got a bunch of adventure corners, one from Sam, our very own... Potty Mouth Sam Watcher talking about Summer's End, Hong Kong 1986. Uh, let's see what is. Said that she cried during this one and it tugged at her heartstrings. And I left her weepy and exhausted. Uh, are you sure she wasn't just talking about 2020? <laughs> no, she's talking about Hong Kong. Okay. Or the Mandalorian. Or the Mandalorian. <laughs> Yeah, that that gave me some allergic reactions, but we're not a Star Wars show, so we're not going to talk about that. Um, got another adventure corner from our own very own Anna talking about headliner Novi News. I believe she talked about this last week. Might have been a couple weeks ago at this point, yeah. but yeah, and it was cool because we got to like synergize our coverage of this because I played it and then I talked about it on the RPG cast and then Phil heard about it and he played it on our Twitch channel for Adventure for Adventure Corner series and then I got to write about it in our Adventure Corner written series and include his um, Twitch archive of him playing it. Mm-hmm. So it was like, yeah, and I, I all these things about, working together. I actually knew about that several months ago um, because uh, there's a YouTuber I follow called Gray Still Plays, and he he's a little out there um, as far as how he plays games. But this was um, from what I saw of him playing it, and he played it a couple different times. There does not appear to be any truly just good ending. Like, even a remotely good ending, there's never, you know, something's always going to go wrong. And it's kind of um, paper, papers please-ish, which... Yes! Um, which I wonder if you've played um, the Westport Independent? No! Okay, and and I... I'm going off of very oh, limited information. That, I haven't played that, but it seems it sounds similar to what is it? Novi News, isn't it? That's what it's called, right? Yes. This is headliner. Um, Novi News. Yeah. Um, Ooh, I, yeah. I believe it's similar because it's it's the newspaper, like it's a print version of what you what you're doing in the television studio. You get to select the stories and stuff like that. I don't know. Check it out. I might be a little bit off base. 
Oh, this sounds interesting. The Westport Independent is a censorship simulator taking place in a post-war country governed by the recently elected Loyalist Party. Loyalty, morality, and propriety, the basis of a civilized You know how you say you don't like horror games? I feel like these are the real horror games. (laughs) Oh. This is available on iOS, so I might... Slap this down on my iPad. And then speaking of horror games, lastly, our very own Pascal Takaya talked about Song of Horror. Can you tell us a little bit about your Song of Horror article? Sure. In brief terms, it's... um, So, so Tam, you were talking about Parasite Eve, and this is one of those that looks very much like a classic Resident Evil. uh, Minus the zombies, minus the shooting, it's it's a, a third person horror game, and it's it's focused a lot more on exploration and puzzle solving. Um, so that appeals to, well, like adventure fans, but it has some action segments like a quick time events and uh, fast button pushing. Um, and it also has permadeath, which means that if, even though you do have several characters, you get to um, cycle through. If they all die, um, you have to restart the entire episode because the game was released in five um separate episode installments even though they're all out now so if if every character dies you have to restart no no choice uh you have no choice in the matter and that means you may have to replay like i had to replay some episodes up to four times and each episode can take like two to three to four to five hours so um possibly (laughs) Uh, possibly a lot of uh, repetitious gameplay if you're not like amazing at it, and I sure wasn't. So it's a it's a it's a neat horror game though, definitely worth checking out. That's and that's what I'm saying. Who doesn't want to play horror games for Christmas? Anna. Oh yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I played Parasite Eve. I'm good. That's about as horror as I get. I unfortunately don't like horror games anymore. They kind of get in my head too much and I get nightmares. You know what I like to do, Kelly? Hmm? I like to hold my cat in my arms and rub his belly, which I'm doing right now. Oh, you're not streaming anymore. No. Oh, well. You have to just be jealous without seeing. Yeah. Well, now we've got news. I love that Josh just... Start singing news. You got a new jingle. The news jingle. <laughs> <laughs> news, um, news, news. Newsy, news, news, news. Sounds like uh, Gurr from. Yeah, that's what I was going Singing for. the Doom song. Okay. <laughs> so we've got a ton of bravely default information new jobs, characters, and kingdoms. Just talking about some of the jobs. There's the Troubadour, which is a support job, the Beastmaster, which lets you capture and release monsters. Game Wars use luck-based skills. Red Mage, we all know Red Mage. Um, Berserkers for powerhouses. Shield, Shield Master for tanking. And then Pectomancer for using paints to debuff forces. Which I wonder if that was directly inspired by Realm from Final Fantasy VI. Yeah, that's exactly where my mind went when you said yeah. it. And then several kingdoms to talk about. There's the Continent of Excellent. Uh, and then there's the Drought Kingdom, Savalon, which turned into Desert. Um, what game are we talking about? I'm so sorry. Bra- Bra- Bravely Default. Bravely Default. Okay. 
All right. Um, so that's why we got Final Fantasy stuff in there. All right. Yeah. So you you can read all of this on the site. It's it's a huge swap. Yeah, don't even listen to our show. Just read it. You don't even need to be here. <laughs> because I would be here reading the news or be here Maybe reading this article all want. day. Um, we've also got like reader. 67 new screenshots and they are all gorgeous. I want you to describe the, the screenshots in exquisite detail, please. What each one? Yeah. Each one. Start with <laughs> Start screenshot with number 13. <laughs> okay. Let's see. <laughs> I was actually going backwards. I went too far. Screenshot number 13 Uh-oh. There's a dude wearing a hat It's in Japanese text I have no idea how to read it And it's on a city backdrop So cool. there you go I could have Exquisite. my husband read it But no, he no. probably won't this is, It's more fun without understanding um, But if you can you wanna... also just play it now Yes, yes Thank you for the segue Josh Because if you want to see What's going on in Bravely Default? There's a demo released. It is the final demo available on the eShop. They like to do Um, demos for these games. I'm I'm appreciating it because they took a lot of feedback from that first demo. Is this demo demo like um, a standalone story demo or is this an actual demo of the game? Yeah, this is not like if you remember the 3DS one where it was like, here's this demo, but it's actually... It's like a nothing like the final game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this, this one is just the first. This one is just the first chapter, and you get yeah. to play like up to five hours of the game. Okay. Um, those who download it before the game's launch will receive uh, 100 by Nintendo Platinum points. Um, our article does not say if the save data carries over. It does not. It does. not. Okay, then I won't. Oh, my, I might dip my toe, but I won't be dipping my toe in too much because if save data doesn't transfer over i hate having to replay first chapters what do i buy yeah, with 100 it, it, silver mario bucks yeah, um, yeah. i, I, I dipped my toe in in with it the last couple of days and i'm like yeah it, it's it just it dumps you into the first chapter so that you've got like a full party and mm-hmm. so you can play around with the battle system and kind of see how the game plays so that's why i assume they kind of did that yeah. You know, like they're, it, they're cutting out on, you know, that way you get a, a quick sense of whether you'll like the game or not, rather than, uh-huh. you know, having to play through the prologue as well. Is the difficulty in, uh, in Counter Sliders in? I, I didn't even think to check that. <laughs> shows, shows Any of the stuff I, they promised to change in there? <laughs> I think so. Well, I am curious about that. We've also got Loop Hero announced by publisher Digi- Devolver Digital um, and developed by Four Quarters. This is a... <laughs> Sorry, what? go ahead. This is a retro-styled card-based adventure RPG expected to launch for PC via Steam in early 2021. Set in a world thrown into chaos, players use their deck of cards in place of enemy buildings and terrain along an expedition path to keep the hero alive, but also power them up uh, so that they can expand the survivor's camp so that they can break the loop, hence the title of the game. So the reason that I'm giggling is because this was preemptively announced as the um, winner of Game of the Year 2021 at the 2020 Game Awards. Yeah, during the Devolver Digital section where they did a little mini press conference because in their way... I love their stuff so much. Uh, Anna hasn't watched any of the the Nina whatever it is um, Devolver stuff, but it's 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 a little gory. It's a little gory for Anna. Yeah. 
So speaking of Anna, you said that the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance was kind of meh, wasn't it? It is thoroughly meh. But it is, is it getting meh? a physical release. So it's just and as good as um, as uh, Mercenaries? No, actually, I think I scored it less. I think I scored okay. it two. It's, it's less than meh. meh. Yeah, it's kind of um, below meh. So here, and, and here is my, my very bizarre advice. If you are at all interested in this game... It is a licensed title that sold extremely poorly, and the series that it associated with has already been canceled. So, if you are interested in playing the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance tactics, don't be. Limited Run Games is doing a physical run of this. If you're at all interested, go and buy it. Because I suspect this is going to get delisted in a real friggin' hurry. <laughs> Also, the special edition comes with uh, Fizz Gig Plush, which aren't those enemies in the game? Uh, yes, there are enemies oh. and allies. Okay, because I, I remember in the movie, in the original movie, they're just being the one Fizz Gig. Yes, there it's are good and bad Fizz Gigs in the game. Okay, so you also got a crystal enamel pen, a sticker sheet, a lithoprint, a cloth map... Hitting, hitting both points, cloth math and enamel pen, and of course the game at a collector's box. I, I'm I'm not surprised that it's not a great game. Um, and um, I honestly thought they were reaching a little too far with trying to do a like sequel to Dark Crystal. Now, well, technically, it's a prequel. Prequel, whatever. Order. It's a follow-up. Um, I mean. In terms of the game, I can see where they were going with it, and maybe they've patched some of the problems that I had because I did play it pre-launch and a little bit after launch, so I did get the day zero patch. But, like, it's not well balanced. Anyways. Continue. I just think they were reaching, trying to get an audience that, you know, should have been around, like, well, the game ago. audience was meant to be Final Fantasy Tactics fans. This was just a tie-in to the show. The fact that the show is what was reaching, <laughs> this is the only reason this is licensed this properly is because they wanted to do that show, right? So, Yeah. The, the only reason why I even watched that show was because uh, YouTube puppeteer Barnaby Dixon supposedly did a sequence in it, and I wanted to see that. But I found the show so boring, I never got that far. So that's that. Did you like the show, Anna? Um, I did until the crows started getting sick and they oh. smeared their snot all over the place and that just made me want to hurl. Okay. Okay. Well then. Good, good thing I stopped after that. Yeah. Um, we've also got they, a, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've also got another tactical RPG um, unsung story that's heading to Steam Early Access. This is by Little Orbit and the Baker. <laughs> it's what? finally oh, coming out. Oh, finally. Wow. Okay. This is the I kickstarted this like I was in a different house when I kickstarted this. All right. Okay. <laughs> Are you getting I, your copy? Um, I think I did a dollar I want to see this burn oh. donation, but I'm not sure. I'll have to see. Yeah. So for those who are like, why, what is Unsung Story and why is everybody going, oh, that game? So Playism, like eight years ago, <laughs> put up a Kickstarter and said... Was it eight said, years ago? Yeah. Oh my gosh. 
said, we are making a Final Fantasy Tactics-style game, and we have Matsuno on board to do all of the scenario and design. Oh. And it got kickstarted for a lot of money. And then Playism dropped off the face of the planet. And there were no updates to this game for like three years. Well, well, there was more to it than that. Actually, they kind of overstated how involved Matsuno really was. Like, oh yeah, I mean they like, they they like big, screwed the pooch hard. Well, they they portrayed it like he was you know integrally involved in doing the entire thing, and he just like he wrote like a couple of page story treat. And them, so here's the thing is he, he was intended supposed he was intended to be deeply embedded in the process but he gave them like this treatise that was like an outline of what he could do and then he's like all right if i continue working with you you have to pay me yeah <laughs> and they didn't well that would have cost money anna so matsuno bounced on the project and it just went everything that could go wrong would did go wrong and so at some it, it point was one of the, it was one of those early ones where they uh, a kickstarter where they were promising the moon it was matsuno was going to write this strategy rpg i think sakamoto was supposed to do the music and it's just like oh it's this dream team of jrpgs that are going to do this game and it just it just went down in flames was this after the heyday of Mighty Number no. Nine, and then everybody felt the need to do a Kickstarter? Hey, remember when Mighty Number no. Nine was coming to 3DS and Vita? <laughs> hey, it's better than oh, nothing. <laughs> it never came to either of those systems. Um, and also the kicker here—you guys cut me off before I could even say oh, it. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. An early access date was not announced, but is expected to contain the game's first chapter, which consists of four hours of playtime and six of the of the twenty classes. Yes. Yeah. And so here's my favorite part about this thing: this thing where they announced that they're going into early access on the Kickstarter update. Um, that my friend sent me like a picture of. They said, uh, so chapter one is going to come out at the start of 2021, and then the other seven chapters, um, five chapters, I can't remember if there's six or eight in total, are going to come out through, through 2021. So the idea is game comes out at the start of the year and is done by the end of the year. But then you look at their Steam page, and they say they're going to be in early access for at least a year and a half. Well, maybe they got more balancing to do. Something else, Anna. I mean, I'm going to disclaimer this that um, I have worked with Little Orbit and it wasn't pleasant. So part of my indignation over this is that I they consistently overpromise and underdeliver. Well, in this case, I mean they they picked it up on the IP on the cheap after you know Playism imploded or whatever and right so i guess if they deliver well, playism still around anything at this point it's they just over imploded on them. yeah yeah, yeah. so like they they, they 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 hooped this project and little orbit picked it up for like a dollar yeah. and little orbit was basically from the beginning was like look we're taking this over but we've received literally zero of your kickstarter money so we are in control and you are going to take what we give you they didn't phrase it like that but that was the message yes <laughs> So, um, that was like four years ago. Yeah. And so it's finally coming out now. And yeah, it was supposed to be out early this year and COVID screwed everything up. So I am taking that into consideration, but also like, 
I have very poor expectations of Little Orbit products, <laughs> just because based on my own experience. Yeah. Well, and here's here's one thing I'm going to as far as the early access anymore. Gamers are not treated as you know consumers as much anymore. We're treated as bloody beta testers. We're freaking quality assurance for all these video game companies now with the, with how they treat early access. And like I I don't poo poo early access as a tool in general because I think. There are companies that have used early access really well and have created better products for it. Um, but yeah. I also think that there are bigger companies um, that sort of swing this early access hammer at stuff and just kind of, yeah, it, it does start to feel like unpaid labor. It, it makes sense in certain games, like if it's a roguelite or, or something like that, where a big part of the game may be well, well, you know, like it's a game that you're going to play over and over again anyway, and then balancing it and coming up with new dungeon designs is like an integral part of actually finishing the product. But it's a little bit different if it's just kind of like a story based, you know, RPG. It kind of feels like, well, do, does this real is this something that's really appropriate for early access, or you know, like why should I be doing? Doing your beta testing for you. Also, I feel like there are some companies that pull games out of early access before they're actually well baked. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, you think, Anna? Torchlight! Torchlight 3! <clears throat> Sorry, Max. Oh, did that not turn you. out well? You had no, a cold there. No. Torchlight 3 needs more time in the it oven. Does it still? Right. Yeah. Buy in six months. I haven't heard anybody talking about it at all. Yeah, because everybody that was hot for it was like, oh, this isn't done. And so they'll come. I'm sure, like there will be a a relaunching Why are you of the sure game of this? in nine months. Why are you sure of this? Um, it's perfect world, right? Don't be sure of this. Well, yeah, but I don't be sure. In nine months, there's going to be a relaunching of this game, the new and improved. When Four comes out. So well, yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, oh, um, this next story is me too. <laughs> Har- yes, Harvest, Moon, Harvest Moon One World Diorama Edition announced. I'm so uh, excited for this. For Harvest I- Moon One World, it includes a 5-inch tall Chicken Plus, an 8-inch tall battery-powered music diorama featuring the track Spring on the Bre- Beach and five mag- magnetic figures, and the game in a special box. Yeah, I saw that, and I almost shared it with my uh, wife because I'd be like, you will want this. And then I realized I have no money. Yeah. Um, the one downside of this collector's edition is it's $100. Well, it's yeah. some tchotchkes, boy. Those are some cool tchotchkes. Yeah, that musical diorama is not cheap to produce. No. Oh, no, those are not cheap. I, I yeah. So, yeah, this has kind of been, like, the the thing that I have been doing behind the scenes at Natsume for, like, the entire year. So, um, last year at the Natsume year-end meeting, I basically went to my boss and I said, Hey, so, Limited Run Games is doing a lot of really cool things. Can I pitch you on doing some projects with them? And he was like, sure. 
So I pulled together a whole bunch of stuff about their their retro games and what they do in terms of reprints. Natsume is in a weird situation because some stuff is owned by them and some stuff is jointly owned by them. And some of those companies are great to work with and some of those companies are not great to work with. And so we basically came up with a list of a whole bunch of retro games and some future games. And we're like, all right, LRG, here's our pitch. And they were like, let's do it. So I'm really excited for this. Man, what what am I going to do if they do a repo card of uh, SNES Harvest Moon? Mm, I don't know if that's on the list. Oh, darn. Just a um, limited run to the repo cards of Shantae. I know! Well, and we've already announced one of them, uh, which wasn't relevant to RP Gamer, but um, right now you can pre-order um, repro cards of Shadow of the Ninja and Return of the Ninja, so if you like side-scrolling, uh. hard-as-nails action games, go buy those, because partic- those particular titles... Um, so, Shadow of the Ninja is available on Nintendo eShop as, or uh, Nintendo Switch Online, but Return of the Ninja has never been reprinted, and it sells for like seventy five to a hundred dollars as a cart only. Oh, I it was a, yeah, it was a really low print run back in the day. Not so they did some pretty interesting stuff when they were like a really tiny company first starting out. They were mm-hmm. one of the first companies that worked with a um, distributor to get their games out, and so it was like you know, Hero went to their distributor and said. This is my Return of the Ninja Game Boy Color game. Shop it around to retailers. Tell me how many copies I should should make of the game. And most companies didn't have distribution lines like that back in the 90s. That was a very novel thing that he did. And so, you know, if GameStop came and said, all right, er, er, and, and Funko and Toys R Us and Sears or whoever were like, all right, um, between these six stores, you need 100,000 copies. That's how many copies were printed. And that was it. There was no excess. Yeah. Didn't NX sort of have the same thing, at least? So did Atlas. Yep. Yeah, oh, I remember that. The woes with Atlas and mm-hmm. trying to get some of their stuff. So Atlas did extremely, used to do extremely low print runs, and they also used a distributor. And so their distributor went out and sold their games, and that's how many they made. And and that's because, especially, well, it's still true today, like if you print way too many more than the uh, the you know like more than you can sell. A lot of times you'll be forced to buy the excess back from you know like uh, yes Amazon or Walmart or those kind of things, and that can absolutely kill your profit. Yes, so Toys R Us and uh, Walmart in particular have very aggressive buyback policies, which is we will buy you know one hundred and fifty thousand units, we will sell it at nineteen ninety nine. What is the price that you're willing to give us, and what is your uh, and what's your buyback percentage? Yeah. So, like, you know, you can actually find the original Harvest Moon Light of Hope for, like, 20 bucks at Walmart because it was hmm. part of one of those deals. Interesting. Yeah. A little um, behind-the-scenes the stuff about video games. I own, many, I own many of those old Atlas and Annex and Natsume games. Yeah, we're, we're starting to, me and Chris are kind of starting to slowly sell off some of that stuff just because it's worth, like, crazy amounts of money at this point. Goes into that, our that moving stuff, to Canada fund. That that stuff will forever be in my dragon horde. <laughs> like my Lufia too. 
Oh, yes. Lufia. Talking about in other RPG news, are we ready for some Kaseki news? Yes! <laughs> yeah, this is the section I'm here for. Um, Nihon Falcom announced that Nayuta no Kiseki Kai, which is an enhanced version of Nayuta no Kiseki, will launch for PlayStation 4 in Japan in summer of 2021. This is a spinoff of the Legend of Tales series. Um, takes place on Remnant Island on a world known as Lost Heaven, and sometime in the past, the world suffered an event known as the Great Flood, leaving a collection of islands surrounded by the sea. And then you star as a boy named Nayuta Hirsch, um, who's from R- Remnant Island, and then there's other characters, and yeah, yeah. All, all right, so 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 like this is one of my favorite PSP games. It never came out in English. There there's a fan translation out there, so you can play it in English. I know it's. I mean, you know, it's in the title, and it's billed as a spinoff of the Trail series. You know, the Kiseki games. It has nothing to do with Giseki games. Absolutely nothing. There, there is no connection. I think some of the uh, terminology is like shared across of them. You know, like um, the Giseki games have that like terminology for instead of miles, it has selge or whatever, selge mm-hmm. and arger. Like, like that kind of terminology makes it into the game. Otherwise, there's absolutely no connection. It's not the same world. There is no characters. It, it's not even the the combat. A lot of times gets sold. I, I think. I think when I was first picking the game up, I kind of assumed it was some sort of like cross between Kiseki and like Ease. But actually, what this game really is is it's a Zvi game in disguise. Oh, Zvi- I didn't. So I it's didn't it's this. almost like a brawler style game. It looks bad. It, it, it's yeah, it's bad? so the Zvi games are a couple of games that Falcom did. Uh, one Obi's. way back around two thousand, oh, uh, they did a sequel in like. 2008 i think the second game and the uh the spy games the whole the whole point was like you had one character that was a melee character and you had a second character that was like a ranged magic and what you would do is you'd like swap back and forth between them while you're uh while you're doing uh you know, like, while you're fighting battles. And then the Nayuta no Kiseki, but like, instead of, like, swapping back and forth between one character and another, instead, you they just mapped, like, the ranged magic character to one of your buttons. But it plays just like a Zvi game. The only thing is, is, like, the Zvi games, I think, Kelly, you played, like, the second one, right? Yeah. So so those games, I felt like, kind of got, got by on more on characters and charm than really the combat. It, mm-hmm. The combat wasn't... The combat wasn't bad, but it wasn't the the starring show. Like in an Ease game where the combat is really fantastic and fast-paced, the combat in the Zvi games was a little bit eh. <laughs> I don't it's know still if fun, though. I had yeah, fun, it's fun with the yeah, combat. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I just never thought it like reached the heights of Ease, say, you know, yeah. the best Ease games. Like, But Nayuta no Kiseki... Absolute, I absolutely adore the combat in this game. Like it's it's really fun, fast paced combat. It's different than Ease, like I said. Um, like it has some pretty good dungeon design. There's a little bit. There's some interesting traversal with uh, you know both like working your way through the dungeons, but all, which was a real problem in the earlier Zvi games was the mm-hmm. kind of kind of boring bland but dungeons um oddly enough like for being like billing itself as a Kaseki game the the story in the game game was kind of the story and the characters was kind of the bland part of that game uh-huh. so well i, I kind of hope that the the 
you know, it getting a, a real professional localization will kind of punch that up a little bit because the characters were all kind of tropish. You know, it's your main, you know, your main protagonist who wants to go off and have an adventure, and you've got the, you got the girl, the the childhood female friend who's pining after him a whole game, and the, you know, the older sister character who's, you know, just kind of making uh, making food for them. It doesn't care that her little bro- brother is going off into this other dimension to fight enemies you know like yeah you know that's what you do <laughs> a lot of that kind of you know tropish stuff that you see all the time in other games but the game is absolutely fantastic i love this game on psp i i can't wait for it to be on, on ps4 it was also I, like a really visually um visually stunning game for the p for the psp which is not something you usually say about falcom games but this mm-hmm. was this came out right at the end of the psp and they were Falcom had made a bunch of PSP games. They were really good at it at that point, and this mm-hmm. game looked really great. I, I love this game. It's fantastic. Every it's I'm glad that it's not stuck kind of on a dead platform, so that other people, you know, like this one, will hopefully get a chance at localization, so that other people can really play it. I was about to ask. I closed the news story. Are they planning on localizing it, or is it up in the air for right now? No, it's no a- word. Go ahead, Dana. It's a bit of a question mark because there are so many Kiseki games coming out right now. Yeah. That like I question whether Nisa has the staff to handle them all. Mm. I mean, they don't have a lot of stuff announced right now. Like Poison Control and Disgaea Six and one more that I am constantly forgetting about. Well, yeah. and and Ease Nine in early twenty twenty. Yeah, I, I mean they could always ask ex- Exit for help. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but they could ask a- Access for help. Yeah, and I mean most of the people that work on the Kaseki games are contractors. Yeah, so right. in terms of like pulling staff in, the dilemma is is they can only finitely work those contractors, and there's mm-hmm. like five games that are in the hopper right now. Because at this point, you need the two crossbell games and um, uh, Hajimari. Hajimari no Kiseki. And now this Nayuda remake. Yeah. And the Calvert game. <laughs> Getting to the next story. Yes. Yes. Legend of Heroes Kuro no Kiseki announced. Um, this is planned for launch in 2021 in Japan. The platforms have not been announced. And Kuro no Kiseki takes place a year after the events in the previous title, Hajimari no Kiseki, and two years after the events of Trails of Cold Steel 3 and 4. And it's set in Calvert. Yay, Calvert, finally. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, more I'm, Kiseki. I'm very excited for them to finally... I'm happy to see them finally get past Erebonia. It's not that I don't like Reen, but I've squeezed all that I can out of that story. (laughs) They they have more than squeezed everything they get out of Reen. We're uh, we're ready to move on to some new characters. Poor Sam is playing Trails of Cold Steel 2 and is absolutely furious about the sexualization of Fie. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which, like, I get that there's a reason for that, but also, ew. (laughs) Well, well, the reason is money, because that, that does sell to a certain set. Yeah, but, and yeah, I mean, is. there is, like, some in-game justification for it. Like, it is supposed to... I mean, to me, it was just another representation of how, like, screwed up her, like, childhood has been. Yeah. That, like, and she the, has just been forced to be of- an adult way too damn early. 
But and, and that is so much of the Kiseki games is all of these characters have screwed up childhoods pretty much. I don't <laughs> know. Guess. Elliot is like the most normal person in the world. Oh, I, I love Elliot because he's like he, he, he. I love the way he in those games he talks up how kind of like how awful and you know his dad is forcing him to go to the military academy and you you expect you know you have this expectation of the general and then you he finally shows up and he's just you know like the big cuddle bug he's a daddy bear (laughs) also machias had a very normal childhood he's just a yeah he's a little bitch i i gonna say um sam didn't play trails in the sky particularly to third did she i I think think so i think she played some trails in the sky i think she played the first chapter i don't remember if she i don't think she played third because if she had a problem with Faye, then she's going to hate Ren. Oh, I don't know. Like, it, it... Okay, Ren's story is horrific. <laughs> Faye's story is just weird. Yeah. I feel gotcha. like Ren's story is a whole level of horror that is just like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> Shut that door. Never go back into that one again. Thank you. Yep. And honestly, for um, all of the the terrible things that she went through, Ren is shockingly stable. Yeah, the the I am I'm I'm interested in Calvert. Like I've always been interested in seeing Calvert because this is kind of the multicultural uh, country in the uh, in, on that continent. You know, like it has a lot of the Asian influences. Um, we haven't seen as much of the Calvert. You know, there are a handful of characters, especially in the earlier uh, Trails in the Sky games, like Zen and uh, Killica, mm-hmm. uh, who kind of were from Calvert. Uh, um, there were more of them, of course, in Crossbell that we still haven't gotten well, in the West. And we okay, started I had to, to step see... away for a bit. Why are we doing Trails of Spoiler Cast? I'm very confused. Because <laughs> two new Kiseki games were announced. For the West? For the East? For Japan. Oh, so we'll never get them? A remake of these Y-style action games. Yeah. And that was on PSP, but never uh-huh. translated. And then Calvert One was finally announced. Calvert One, yeah, I should know what that is. Yeah, Calvert's a country. No, that's fine. I don't care. <laughs> and I mean, I I think it's really interesting that like Calvert has mostly been seen through the lens not of player characters, but of non-player characters. Like uh-huh. the 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 effect the war has on Calvert plays out in all of the background characters in Cold Steel Four. Yeah. Which is probably why it took me like 130 hours to play that game because I was talking to all the NPCs because I cared about them. Damn it! Well, okay then. All right, carrying on. Well, well, Chris, if you don't want to talk about Kaseki, I've got more bad news. Uh oh. Um, though it's to no one's surprise, Cyberpunk 2077 delisted from the PlayStation Store. Yeah, we talked about that earlier. Yeah, well, it was still in the news, and I still have to read it. The oh. game will remain playable for those who have purchased it physically or digitally. You just can't buy it right now. So, so and if you got your refund, quotes, right? <laughs> Unless you got your refund, then it's not playable. Yeah. because it's a refund. You don't get to keep the game when you submit a refund. Some people are confused about that, apparently. So both Sony and CD Projekt Red put out statements. You can read them. Um, TLDR, craps broke, yo. <laughs> yeah, we're we're real sorry that we we kind of hid those terrible versions of the game. You know, from 
you being able to see them and actually make an informed Look, decision. we had 8 Sorry million pre-orders that. and we couldn't risk people canceling them. <laughs> so we put out the game anyways. If you think it sucks, get a refund. And we don't care that it's impossible to get refunds on the platforms you bought it on. Like, so like wow. 8 o'clock at night, randomly, Sony puts up a statement that's like, hey, we're going to delist um, Cyberpunk 2077 from the PSN. And if you want a refund, you can ask for a refund. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, they only let you get refunds for things that are broken, and they don't allow broken things on their store. So it's yes. like, that's what they had to work out. So, and then, <laughs> like, about five or six hours later, Cyberpunk, the CDPR put in a statement that's like, yep, Sony has opted to delist um, Cyberpunk 2077. You can get a refund. You can't buy right now. Stay tuned for more things and it was great because we put up a story like an hour later and then someone tweeted at us oh this we news were, is pretty late but we thanks i guess yeah. it's like how dare we bruh this news story was up within like an hour of the nope. confirmation from the developer well, but nope. uh, cool story bro. Look, I, I hate to break it to some of you but if you're following us for breaking news you're probably going to be disappointed <laughs> We break was, news. That's not. I love news. my news writers. They are volunteers. Yeah. Yeah. Please. We, we don't get paid. We don't get paid for this gig. We don't get paid. So. Period. <laughs> There's no pay. Um, I was at the grocery store picking up kitty litter yesterday, and two. Someone um, recognized you from RP Gamer. Nobody rec. I have been. I have been actually. Okay, different. Stop <laughs> derailing me. Um, two of the guys uh, stocking shelves were having a conversation with each other, and I overheard just the word glitch. Right, like that's it. And I looked at one of them, and I was like, "Cyberpunk," and he goes, "Yep." <laughs> you got it. Oh. Um. In other delisting news, because I threw this on here, so I I kind of want to talk about this. So, this this has sort of been an interesting little saga that I've been following. There is a horror game which I have no interest in playing called Devotion, and. Um, it came out on Steam last year and got almost immediately review bombed. And it turns out that tucked in the corner somewhere was a joke about the Chinese Communist Party leader. Oh, this one. And so... The Winnie the Pooh joke? Yes. And so it got very quickly changed. um, And the publisher denounced the developer. But... It, the damage had already been done, and the game disappeared from Steam, and the publisher and developer were both banned from ever putting out games in China again. <laughs> so for people who are like, wait, can they do that? Yeah, so the way that it works in China is all entertainment has to be approved by their entertainment council. That's video games, music, TV shows, movies, everything. And so if you're banned from putting out games in China, that's it. It's it's game over. There's a gray market, but it's... Literally game over. Literally, it's game over. There's a gray market, but it's not as big as the legit market. Um, And then it was announced early one morning this week that Devotion was going to be coming to GOG. And it was going to be the edited version. And about three hours later, GOG put out a follow-up statement that said, we have listened to gamers and decided not to put Devotion on our platform. 
Those gamers all happen to speak Chinese, apparently. <laughs> it's weird how that worked out. Yeah. Um, and all writing from like a .gov yeah, email address. Interesting, yeah. <laughs> oh, weird. China.gov. Real strange. You shouldn't put out devotion. Sincerely a gamer. <laughs> Sincerely a gamer. <laughs> and so that, the, the, the cyberpunk stuff on top of the devotion announcement and then whoops, China announcement. Whoops, China. Whoops, China. Whoops, China. You got China. <laughs> um, had a, had a week. Yeah, they had a bad week. And it turns out that it, when you build a company reputation on sticking it to the man and then you bow down to the man, people <laughs> don't like it. No. So they got, there were several indies that announced that they either would no longer be coming to GOG or were in the process of pulling their games off of GOG in response to this. Oops. Because the indies were like, hey, you said you would support an indie and then you, you very clearly were not and we don't really like that precedent. So maybe we're just not going to do business with you. All right. <sighs> I'd feel bad for them, but I, I don't. I just don't. I don't feel bad for a billion-dollar company making yeah. decision. Listen, tw- toss a coin to your CD Projekt Red. <laughs> well, here's, here's the thing, though. is I, I don't necessarily feel bad for CD Projekt Red. But I do feel bad for their GOG side. Because what was it, like one or two years ago where GOG's profit margin was only like $100? Yeah. Sure. Remember, this is the company that said, oh, we're shutting down. LOL, April Fools. Yeah. Yeah. I I have no faith in their ecosystem, so I don't buy there. Anyways. So, uh, last but not least. Kickstarter check-in for the Emperor's Own. Um, this is a story-driven RPG set in an alternate universe based on the 19th century Russian Empire. This is a heavily choice-driven, non-linear narrative. Volga Studios is looking for $100,000 in funding by January 4th, and those who pledge at least $30 will receive a digital copy of the game. I didn't get a chance to look at their the rest of their Kickstarter rewards. You, you can go to Russia and, and meet the devs, I think, is the top one. Oh. Uh, yeah, I would not Of course, do it that. doesn't include travel. I'm not doing that right now. Yeah, I don't want to go to Russia. And that is all the major news. Now we have briefs. All right. Um, Eternal Eternal Radiance launches fully this week. Um, This has been in Steam Early Access since April 2020. And it is... I'm not even seeing what type... Oh, an action RPG. Um, as originally announced under the title Destiny Chronicles and underwent multiple Kickstarter crowding campaigns and follows the journey of a young girl squire named Celeste and her two traveling companions as they search for a valuable artifact. Hey, JC! Um, Grand Grand Blue Fantasy Relink planned for 2022. Uh, Gameplay footage shown. This is... uh, an action RPG based off of Side Games Grand Blue Fantasy smartphone title, which I saw all over the place in Japan, and I have, I think we tried to like download it on store and play it through Chrome, but I couldn't get it to work, and Chris did. Yeah, or something. I didn't stick with it though. Yeah, uh, this series is crazy popular, 
and it's going to be have a PlayStation 5 version um, in addition to the PlayStation 4 version. And we have a video with about 20 minutes of gameplay footage in it, so you can check that out. Um, Ender, Ender Lily's Quietus of the Nights is coming to Steam Early Access in January. This is by publisher Binary Haze and uh, by Livewire and Adobe Globe. I think we talked about this one before and how it gave us a, a vanillaware kind of vibe. Sounds reasonable. Yeah. Um, set in a world where strange rain causes people to turn undead, and it stars Lily, the, one of the last surviving priestesses, who's basically trying to undo this stuff. And the early access starts on January 21st, 2021. So there's that. Um, we've got more stuff about the Scarlet Nexus game. That That's that kind of weird action RPG coming out by Bandai Namco. Um, released a bunch of new images talking about some of the characters and stuff like that. Uh, game set in a far future with uh, psionic kind of stuff coming to pretty much all the platforms. And then uh, for, for my friend Platium... Neptunia Virtual Stars PC version announced. This is by Idea Factory, and it's another Neptunia game. Oh boy! Yay! Yay! Uh, you, you realize Patty's not the only one who loves Neptunia. Yeah, you have oh, two people on this too. podcast who okay, like okay. Nep-Nep. Stop shouting about Nep Nep. I just give Patty crap for it. <laughs> He's the only one I give crap for it. Nep is love. Oh, so, man. yeah, this, this is, you guys completely derailed my train of thought. <laughs> Neptunia Virtual Styles focuses on the realm of idols and takes place on the planet Emo, where the group of goddesses team up to be a virtual idol group called Mutral. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the, the planet what? The virtual land. What? Did you say the planet Emo? Yes, Emo. Oh, I don't write the articles, uh, folks. I just read them. So yeah, you guys can have all your fun know, pop pop idol fantasies I, with game consoles. I thought those that write the like articles. Some, those that write the articles aren't like, making it up. Yeah, I thought <laughs> this was like. Don't blame it on us. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm I'm, going, I'm trying to say I. I thought this was like some spin-off of their producing production from the PSP or Vita. But no, it sounds like they took that concept and made a whole new game off of it. Well, maybe at some point we need to have you on backtrack to explain the Neptunia universe to us. I, I, you have to be supreme weebs to really understand it. And even then, it doesn't always make sense. That your title? Right. Supreme <laughs> weeb? No, I'm Tam. Oh, okay. Um, Sands of Aura announced heading to Steam Early Access in 2021. This is by this is by developer Chashu Entertainment. And it's an action RPG um, within an announcement trailer. It's set in the world of Tamahel which is covered by a sea of sand by a powerful spell, and the player controls a new inductee to the Order of Remnant Knights who venture out to try to vanquish the evil that is causing the sand. It's going to have an open world with real-time combat and give you hundreds of weapons to customize to fight with. And early access is coming in 2021. 
Yay. Yeah. Um, we got Star Renegade updates released on PC. This is your game, isn't it, Anna? Which? Star Renegades? No. Uh, Phil. Oh, hey. right. Phil. What, what, was the, what was the game that you had out on PC that you were doing QA for, Anna? Uh, do you mean Unblink- Rebel Galaxy Outlaw? Okay, yeah, that's why I got it confused. Okay. My bad. Phil um, was playing that, too. Yeah. Yes. So, meh. Massive Damage has released a major update to their sci-fi turn-based roguelike Star Renegades. Um, it's called the Imperium Strikes Back, and it's available for free for the PC version, and it's going to be released for consoles in early 2021. You're going to have a new planet to go to, new enemies, new, new behemoths, and new drones. And there's a trailer detailing all of this. And then finally, the, the story that's going to... Screw me up. Schwan Yon Sword 7 releases an update and you, the PS4 version is launching you? in February. Excuse yeah. you? Yeah. PS4 okay. is launching PS4 version is launching in February. Um, this update adds a new nightmare difficulty and a new boss. Um, also gives you a new game plus option. I feel like we talked about this game recently that the Schwan Yon Sword series is like really really popular oh i think it has come up a bunch lately yeah it yeah. looks really cool sure. yeah but I'm, it's been on the I'm looking forward cast. to it the and problem the is, PS- is there's like three or four of these like taiwanese and chinese rpgs and i can't keep straight which one's which <laughs> this is the one that has Okay, I, I don't know how to describe it either, so never mind. <laughs> well, the is looking PS4, up the pronunciation now. Yes. The PS4 version is launching in February 2021. Juan Yuan? Is that what it was? Yeah. John this is the one that where the characters are part of a, the Mohist religion, and I think some of the enemies are like statues come to life, or at least that's the way it looks like in the trailer. Oh. It, it looks cool. Like, it looks... Yeah, I'm really excited. And that is why the guy pronouncing the Chinese here. (laughs) What? I don't know why I'm the guy I'm here who's pronouncing the Chinese names correctly. We don't know either. (laughs) No, that's the thing. I've played too much Dynasty Warriors. Ah! (laughs) I like your presumption. They say it right in there. Uh Well, that's the thing is um, the latest one is only in. Oh, nice. Asian language. So okay. it's actually probably closer than when they've Americanized languages. Americanized. And that is all the briefs, and we've got stuff coming out. From yeah. what I'm seeing, Chris? Very few things. Um, but uh, Omori is hitting PC, Animal Rescuer is hitting PC, and then Calico was a surprise, it's out now, ah. uh, during the Nintendo indie, thing. indie showcase this week. I don't think we did a story on it, because there really wasn't any RPGs, there was just kind of, kind of some vaguely adjacent stuff like uh, Calico, Yeah, which Calico is like a life like, simulator. Mm-hmm. We, Looks really cute, though. Did we mention on last week's cast about the uh, game, uh, the Game Collection of Saga oh. Final Fantasy Legends. Yeah, we mentioned oh, okay. it. Yeah, I, I played a little bit of it. I'm yeah, in the it's, of it's the else. game that I want physically. 
Yeah, so that you can trade it. Yeah. Made Wheels happy, though. Oh, he's so happy. Yeah, he's always happy oh, for I, Saga. The, the third one is the third one is one of my favorite uh, games on the Game Boy. I would say he's Gaga for Saga. Uh, yeah. uh, the second one has a really cool story. I just, every time I try to start it, I get distracted by shiny objects. The second so. one's a hard game, though. Not as hard as the first one, though. Yeah. The third one had a more traditional leveling system, so that one's uh, a little more approachable. Mm-hmm. And then they went back to the previous version, which is use your weapons to gain power. Mm-hmm. So, what will all of us be playing on our Christmas break? I'm playing WoW! Yeah, we need to get around to leveling up our foxies. Foxies! Mm-hmm. We have our uh, foxes. I will definitely be playing WoW um, from, as far as my non- MMO stuff, I have no idea. I don't play non-MMOs anymore. At some point, I'm going to sit down and see if I can't power through the rest of Trails on my Christmas break, because I have until um, January 4th off. Nice. Whether or not that happens or not, I don't know. That that is also my plan, after I finish Yakuza, is to power through a bunch of Trails. I've I've got my time off. I've got two days off in the next two weeks. Oh, sorry. Uh, I mean, it, it, I, I mean that's that's the thing. My my type of job can't really take time off. So, uh, I have a, a like kind of a pixel um, action RPG Souls like I'm playing called Morbid. Okay. And more. I heard Mor- about that. That Morbid definitely sounds like my kind of game. No, uh-huh. oh, yeah, okay. I, it's funny. Either we will play games that are. Uh, I'll be playing a game that is exactly what you would play, or the direct opposite. There's no in between. <laughs> awesome. I love I might it. try to get around to finally playing. I rate as Lord of the Dead over the break. It's kind. Of, I've been like, mm, I don't. know, Maybe avoiding. It might be the right word. Trying to get back to it. Hannah, what are you playing? Um, all right, let me pull up my list of games. <laughs> oh goodness, Hannah! Um, so I have bought a ton of TRPGs lately, so I will probably play at least one of those. Which one? Pick one. Probably Pick one. Mercenaries Blaze Two. Oh, all right. And that's it, right? Is that everyone? Think so. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the show. You can catch us every week, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, except maybe next week because we might be taking a Christmas vacation. We'll see. We'll see. Um, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern at twitch.tv slash rpgamer. Catch us on the website at rpgamer.com. And, of course, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast player, like iTunes or, I guess, Spotify and Deezer. Also, on everything now. <laughs> the best Christmas gift that you can give us is to tell somebody about our show. Oh, all of our shows, not just no, you, this one. Everyone Back, send, backtrack and Q and A quest too. Yes, about any of our podcasts. Best Christmas gift you Does can give us. That makes my job easier. Is <laughs> crabs in the mail. Send them to Madison, no. Wisconsin. No, no, no. No, let's be nice. Let's send glitter bombs. Glitter bombs. There you go. I think some people would rather have crabs. 
Address is 555-55-WAY, 55th Wisconsin, 55555. Either way, you're going to be itchy and cleaning up a mess, so oh, yeah. pick your That's poison. Good point. One's with rainbows, one's without rainbows. What do you think's better? Uh, we'll see you in the oh, next Thanks, time. everybody. H- happy holidays. Happy holidays. Bye, everybody. And if we if we don't do another podcast, Bye. see you next year. Merry bells, keep bringing crappy holidays to you. There is no exploration in Metroid.